What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGASports.com post-game overreaction show. I'm Harry, joined by my co-host, Roddy Nabolsi. And guys, this is a late-night edition. Probably a lot of you are going to be listening to this on the podcast version <laughs> Sunday morning. We'll still, be, we'll still be recording Sunday morning, probably. So, uh, you know, just get a jump on that. But guys, 45-19 victory for the Dogs over the Dogs out there in Stark Vegas. Georgia wins handedly, but... Uh, couple mistakes in the game a couple uh, things went wrong we'll definitely overreact to those as always if you are new to the stream go ahead and put in where you're watching us from we'll put you onto the screen uh, screen and then if you want to join us uh, which is the best part of the show right because you guys get to talk get to interact and Roddy and I don't have to say much keep our voices things of that nature we love you guys joining in so the link is in the description guys so go ahead and click that. We'll, it'll put you into the waiting room, and then we will bring you on stage with the uh, with the big guy riding the bulls himself. Right while we're getting things going, while folks are putting comments in, what was uh, the overall take of the game at the Donnan household tonight? The first half, I mean, at halftime, coach was he was concerned, and I was too because basically you let them get back into it with just a gimme there at the end, just a a bad series, a bad. Uh, decision than a bad bad coverage and you know me i'm always have a little months in me i'm always a little worried about how things are going to play out i should be confident in them but you can't tell me there weren't a tight of you know clinched buttholes in the georgia fan base at half times you know because you could have gone up to it you could have had them down three scores you didn't so uh just that drive where they moved down the field and then you held them to a field goal they were a step ahead of georgia for most of that drive. And, you know, the first four drives, they got nothing. Then they actually started moving the ball well. And you're like, okay, Georgia doesn't have an answer for what they're doing right now. Then yep. they, they drop a pass and then they have to settle for a field goal. So you're like, okay, that, that bodes ill. And then you have that stupid series where you throw it a bunch of times. And even if a guy catches it, he's short of the first down marker. And then you punt it to him, they run it back. The point being, when I when the game started, I said, "Look, the only team that can beat Georgia right now is Georgia, and you got to avoid penalties. They didn't. You got to avoid turnovers. They didn't, and you got to avoid special teams play. We mentioned in three, two, one that the special teams they have the best returners, kick returner, you know, great punt returners uh, in the nation. And he took a punt to the house. So, point being, it's just." Uh, Georgia got in Georgia's way, and that's the way it felt at halftime. Then they came out, and you had the 70-yard run. It's like, oh, okay, they answered the bell. Shouldn't be worried about these guys. But, again, when Georgia's clicking, they're unstoppable. But Georgia keeps getting in Georgia's way. That, that yeah. was the feeling of the Donnan household, and he just kept wanting to put them away, and it just drove him crazy that Georgia kept – I mean, you can't be upset about such a lopsided victory, but – you can't be happy about the stupid crap that happened. Yeah. A uh, couple of buddies I was texting throughout the game. One said, uh, have you ever seen a number one team look this disoriented? And I said, look, you just won 45 to 19 on the road yeah. in a game where it's 35 degrees. It, like, I don't know. The expectations are very high right now, right? You're coming off a national championship. You, uh, have seemingly beat everybody that's come in contact with you. You've knocked off Tennessee last week, and then you go on the road here, and you, like you said, Roddy, you go into halftime, and it's a it's a weird game, right? Yeah. Things got, things got you know fleshed out there in the second half. Uh, 
couple of drives in the second half didn't work out the way they wanted to. But, uh, you know, overall, we want to get your guys' opinion. That's what matters most. I see Zach Conyers is with us, man. Zach, you ready to come on? Let's get you on, man. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think there's much to over. I mean, obviously, this is the overreaction show, but like, I this wouldn't, is. I wouldn't take, you know, put too much into it. I mean, you know, Stetson didn't play his best, but I mean, we still took care of business and you know beat them by twenty plus points. Covered. Yeah, you covered the spread. <laughs> Well, hey, Zach, we actually changed the name of the show. It's no longer the post-game overreaction show. It's the Paul's Always Wrong show. We changed it to Paul, P-A-W. So. Yeah, I can't wait to leave. I'm going to leave early tonight, too. <laughs> Have you uh, yeah. stay hey, late night? Hey, I, I, Zach, I agree with you 100%. Um, and again, I'm not <laughs> really happy with it. I don't, my prediction on this game was it would be either tight or a blowout. It was both. Uh, because Mississippi State won't stop. And they have that quick strike ability. So just every possession you give them, they have a chance to move it down the field. They throw it nonstop. And so that was when Georgia started having some wasted down a wasted series, that's when I started getting a little bit like, man, what are you doing? You know, what Don Blaylock, you don't drop passes. Why'd you drop one? You know? Uh, right. I, I would agree. Like, you know, you know, when I started to, you know, see. Mississippi State throw for you know, a, you know a bunch of yards and everything. I, I mean, obviously I was concerned, but like, I mean, you can't really get too much. You can't re- oh, like this. This oh, is the overreaction right. show, so I guess I'll I'll play along. <laughs> yes, but like, yeah, play along with us. That's exactly you know, what I want you to do. I mean, no, if you're I mean, happy with the, the defense played you know, the be. great. I mean, as much I'm as you could. With care for like they you know they didn't they didn't overreact as i guess as you could say and they played it easy i guess to the degree that we should expect on an away game when it's super cold yes but yeah that i mean that's all i can say i guess well we appreciate it zach we appreciate you jumping on with us man go ahead Roddy. zach give me your uh, two players of the game Oh, I like that. Two players of the game. I'll, you know, I'll say Stetson, even though he threw the the one pick, and then, God, uh, Stetson threw two. God, let me think about it. God, you know, I've been a, I've been a Dijon supporter since he came in for his sophomore year. That the man is just slippery. Fair enough. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, Zach Kynes. We appreciate it, my man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the show. Y'all have a great night. You too, I love man. Zach joining us. Also, anybody from Conyers? You know, I don't know if he's I know from that's Conyers. His name. I think it his last, that's just his last name. I'm that's just cool. saying. Yeah. He, he was probably Zach of Conyers back in the old days, you know. I like Roddy of Nabolsi. Absolutely. You know, that's how you get yeah. those names. You name for yeah, the town you So, so Paul of Meharry? Yeah, that sounds like a place no, I'd want to go. Paul's, I, Paul has a Meharry ass. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, see, that's yeah. what I, yeah, here we go. Uh, Rich Childers says, uh, thoughts on those controversial calls in the first half. Yeah, man, those who are, so uh, this was also uh, in the text group chat, and one friend said, damn, it feels good to be Alabama now. Because, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then it was it, it was after the rich people live. Yeah, that, exactly. That's kind of yeah. It was kind of <laughs> like that. Um, and you know they scored the touchdown with was it Lad on that one? I think after the roughing the kicker, who scored that touchdown? I don't remember. It was whoever scored that touchdown right after the roughing the kicker, right? And said, "Man, that touch." Buddy texted me. Said, "Man, that touchdown feels dirty." I said, "You gotta, you gotta get used to this, man. This is the life now. You are now the Alabama of uh, college football. You get those Darnell. Darnell. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, man. He ran into the kicker. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but he's talking about like the plays leading up to it, stuff like that. The controversial calls. Dejan Edwards fumble. He was well. He didn't fumble. He was stripped. Oh yeah, that was definitely a. Uh, it was definitely. Hey, oh no, we, we blew the whistle. It's dead, you know. And uh, you saw him at halftime. They're asking Mike Leach, "What do you think of the calls?" You're like, "Well, you guys can comment on them, negatively or positively, you know, I mean, <laughs> not, not leaving any uh, question as to what how the media should have called it." But uh, I, I, I feel like I'm in. There's one time we actually snuck into a uh, one of those giant condos at the beach. We went in and they had the lazy river and they had the, the cabana and all that stuff. Yeah, but you got to have a wristband to be in there. Yeah, you got to have a wristband, but we're like, we don't have a wristband, but nobody's right. checking. So we walked up and just had the whole time, kept waiting to get thrown out of there. I'm like, this is how rich people live. Damn, this is nice. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels to be, you know, getting all the calls, you know. And of course, there were some bad calls that didn't go George's way, too. I thought the roughing the punter, you know, running. Yeah, that was, that, was a give, that was a give back. That was a give back. But here's the thing if Jackson Meeks, if you brush a punter, don't grab your helmet and yeah, go, you oh, my that? God, I can't believe I did you that. Like, that? Hey, you're fine. Yeah. You know, just like my dad. Hey, you, you broke your arm. You're fine. Rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Get, well, it's get also, it's also I think, I think uh, Chris Smith had the pass interference penalty, I think, and he got up and was, you know, doing the whole, like, no way. This is my turf. That, like, almost entices the refs to be like, well, I was 50-50 on the call, but since you want to act like you didn't do it, you know you did. All right, here's the flag, bud. You know, just yeah. – Go in, let's play football. Before we bring Jeremy on, I see him, I see Jeremy here. We've got a bunch of comments as well. Is the weirdest combination of school and head coach Mike Leach in Mississippi State? I'll ask Jeremy that too, but that is just such a weird-ass combination. I like Mike Leach. Mississippi State doesn't bother me, but those two together just feels like, I don't know, like – two foods that don't go together. It's just a weird ass match. Cowbells and Mike Leach. Like, I don't know. Now that George has played them with Mike Leach being over there and, and being inside, uh, you know, Mississippi state state, it's just weird, man. It feels really weird. Duck orange and chitlins, you know, just like, what, yeah. what, what, what are you doing? This is, I, no, I'm with you there, but it works, man. It absolutely does. And that was the thing. I'll, I'll give them credit. It felt like they would never, ever quit they just kept coming back and coming back and coming not, not just coming back score, but I, I give mississippi state credit for not laying down they know that they can counter punch and that they're they just get the ball back they can put it in the end zone scarlet says mike leach is just weird to begin with very, very yeah uh, that'd be very very fair ripe in wisconsin in the chat uh for chuck ward we, we know chuck very well and then I don't know if I believe this one, but Djibouti, Africa. If we do, that's pretty cool. That's like pretty it. cool. Hey, go go big, Djibouti. Uh, Miss Mary Embroidery says, uh, "Mark's safe from hearing any more cowboys." Good to hear, Miss Mary. Glad you're here with us. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Lol. Uh, low. How do you say this name, dude? Low. Low. 
Lowy Low Joe says Dan Mullen slash Mike Leach, Miss State knows how to pick him. Dude, if Dan Mullen doesn't fix the back of his hair when he's on TV, he's got this big old poof right here. You got to get that fixed, brother. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's it's bad. It's two weeks in a row, man. Get your wife to look at that when you get off camera or something. Hey, weren't you like right when you picked the uh, point spread on this game? Uh, no, I, I wish I was. I was closer than you, uh, but I was off. I also, uh, if I were a betting man, I would have bet Mississippi under 17 and a half points. Uh, and if I was a betting man, I would be highly upset tonight, but I am not. So I'm glad they scored 19. So I picked 26, 27. What was the, what was the spread? It was, what was the margin of victory. 16 and a half spread was 16 and a half. And no, but what was the margin of victory? Oh yeah. I'm getting there. 26. Good job. Good job. But you also, you also had a freaking punt return that should have never been done, but I mean, Hey, you got there, right? It's kind of like, kind of like Kendall Milton getting into the touchdown. He got there. So, uh, Jeremy neighbors, what's up, man? Hey guys, uh, man, you know, Getting in here early tonight and uh, catching y'all's early thoughts, I've really got a lot of the same reactions y'all've got. You know, I my first thing is, man, Georgia is the only thing stopping itself from being truly unstoppable. Ooh, like preach they, that. the preach turnovers, that. like in like y'all said, the fumble. Like I, we got gifted there, you know, because they, they this the past couple of seasons. You know, they've been really good about uh, letting the play keep going with the forward motion. Well, you know, and then they stopped the play tonight. We've got to figure out something. I don't know what they're doing, but whatever they're doing with ball uh, security and practice doesn't seem to be translating to the field. Yeah. Uh, granted, I know some of the guys on defense are making a play, but, make, like, hold, hold the damn football with two hands, please. Which is weird because they didn't change anything. Del McGee's still there. It's You've got the same guys. They're just a year older. You know, I don't. I agree, though, Jeremy. Something's definitely changed. It's it's a weird uh, thing going on. A little voodoo in that running back room or something, right now. I mean, we we are we've got the turnover plague like crazy right now. I yeah. mean, yeah. it's we're good for what two a game right now, at least. At least. Well, at you least. were coming in the game. You were Jeremy. You were at zero uh, for the season, positive negative. You had you'd gotten nine and given up nine. Uh, you gave up two tonight. Think about it, Florida, you gave up three. Uh, you lost a turnover battle to Tennessee. Um, I think Vandy was the last time. You had one at Vandy, I think, was the only time, last time you won a turnover battle. First three games, none. So it's just been a spade of them here. So to your point about just Georgia getting in Georgia's way. And and then penalties? Penalties on third down, fourth down? I mean, go back a couple games ago where you uh, Bear runs into the guy on fourth down. You know, they call timeout, and he bumps into the quarterback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Malachi Starks is like fourth and 20, and he – not Malachi, uh, Michael Williams, face mask. How do you give up a third and 17 or fourth and 20 on that? So, again, you're still kicking everybody's ass, and we're, we're happy for that. You know, it's positive, but uh, you just don't want to see that happen. It makes you nervous when you're playing a team like Tennessee last week or I'm not worried about the next two games, but, you know, SC, do this against LSU – it's not good. That's not a good uh, methodology there against Ohio State against Michigan. But the, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, I would love for Dave McStats to look into this. How many games they've had this year where they did not win the turnover battle, but they won the game? Obviously, they're undefeated, so there's a, quite a bit. Uh, yeah. This is including in, in into one of them. I don't know if it matters. This defense seems to step up in the right times at the right places. You get out of it. Normally, if a team 
is down two in the turnover battle, they lose the game. And it's just it's oh, yeah. simple, simple math. Like the math on that is is easy. If you're down two, I'm sure it's probably 30 percent of the time, 25 percent of the time you win the game. You don't win the game by 26 points. So something's happening that's very good for Georgia, and that's their defense. But at the same time, you don't want you you don't want to have to keep relying on your defense to bail you out. Just win the turnover battle or get some turnovers yourself. Well, hey, Georgia, Jerry, what would the score be if Georgia actually was in plus territory and turnovers? I you weren't you didn't give Florida three. You didn't give a couple of them to Tennessee. You weren't given two to uh, uh, Mississippi State, and you continued those drives. So they got seven points off of a uh, uh, turnover. Take away seven for them, but maybe you add seven, fourteen, twenty-one. Now you're scoring sixty-six. Right, and then let's see. I was I was thinking about that earlier, talking to somebody today. I was like, okay, so we just what we spotted them. What they had nine unanswered points before the half. Um, I was talking with one of my Tennessee friends about the Missouri game. I was like, okay, yeah. I said we spotted them what ten points in that game last month. Yeah. Uh, uh, Half yeah. their total, yeah. So if we can find a way just to clean, you know, it just even knocking it back down to one could do. <laughs> Could do a lot. <laughs> let's, just, let's take yeah. baby, step, baby steps, guys. But you know, yeah. my overall picture uh, thought of this team is just at this point is just this what they are, and, and just and what I mean by that is they're so damn good, but they're young. Yeah, and they're going to be making these. I'm, this is something I have to still kind of remind myself. They're young. They're going to make these mistakes, and just thank God they've still been good enough and talented enough to overcome it. Exactly uh, to this point. Uh, now, I guess maybe my biggest beef still, and I brought this up a couple, few weeks ago. I, th- I forget which game it was, but goal line situations, man, just our lack of push up front just gets me fired up every time when we get down goal to go. And then we just get knocked backwards straight straight back, even with Jalen in there. that You know, they blew, blew his block up on that one play. They did. Yeah, they had they had uh, six linemen in there on that play you're talking about. They had Jalen Carter, they had a Marius Mims as extra lineman, they had Darnell Washington in there, and they had a running back in Stetson, and they couldn't get it in the end zone on that play, which is crazy. Uh, and then you had five plays with the roughing the kicker, or four or five, where you tried to run the ball in and you just kept getting stuffed until finally you went to Darnell for that touchdown. I mean, if they've got more guys on the line than you do, they're, they're saying, look, you can't run them. So you have to throw it. And, of course, nobody's near it. So sometimes, yeah, the, you know, the, they sold out. To Jeremy's point, though, LSU has uh, Ojolari and then that Harold Perkins kid. Good God. <laughs> oh. That's a grown man. Four sacks today. I mean, Broderick Jones is going to have his hands full with him. So hey, I want to uh, – Jeremy, look, I want to bring on Dane Young because he's actually looks like he's at the stadium, and I know oh, he'll be able to get back to the car. He's outside, so Jeremy, stick with us because I want you to stick around. Then we'll get to Anthony and Ryan right after you. But let's, let's bring, hey, look who's here! You look like a detective right now, like you're gonna solve a case. Solve the case of uh, apparently at Mississippi State, people just don't like hang out after the game. Like this looks like they didn't even have a game. Uh, Crazy. I mean, you lost 45 to 19. I'd probably want to get the hell home, too. It's yeah, all right, so literally, I heard a Mississippi State cheerleader say, I've never seen the stadium this empty, meaning their fans. Like, I heard that in the fourth quarter. Ooh. Hey, Dana, Miss Mary wants to know how cold is it right now? All right. Miss Mary, it's it's been like 40 the whole time. I'm wearing four layers. 
And like I've been good all game up until like right now. Um, so like you know it's getting getting pretty chilly at this point. Look, this was this is a tough game for Georgia in that sense of like you kind of find out what you're made of when you go on this remote trip and you play in the cold and like what energy do you play with? And Georgia made some mistakes, but overall um, they, they were really good. Um, and I thought it was. A game that a number one team should have on the road. I thought it was going to even be more of a struggle. Just, I think my score prediction was like 21 to 6. And early on, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of folding out this way. Uh, but it didn't, didn't stay that way. Mississippi State doesn't have the horses to hang with Georgia. And I think what we're seeing with Georgia is you better get a lead on Georgia early because if you let them have a lead by the third quarter and then they're able to wear you down, there aren't many teams in the country with players to do anything with that. That's a good point. Yeah. Dane, what did you make of the officiating in this game? Because it seemed like Georgia got some lucky calls there, and then Georgia made some stupid penalties. But at the same time, it, is, was it a wash? What, what did you get there? Because it seemed like with the cowbells going nuts, the fans were about to lose their practice. I mean, all I can tell you is Mike Leach was not happy with it at all. Um, but he wasn't able to say anything about it other than I think he made a comparison to Pac-12 referees. Um, so I, I need to read up on my history of what happened to Washington State with the referees when he was there because I'm that, sure there's something. Yeah, the jokes that he was making. Um, but it, the other thing, so he had um, defensive back that had the interception. Colin, I'm forgetting his last name. Kansas State. We heard from him. Heard from Will Rogers and heard from Mike Leach, and they all pretty much just said Georgia has guys everywhere. And um, someone asked Leach about, hey could you learn anything from how Georgia uses their tight ends? And he said, yeah, if I had them. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, all of them, like every single one of them would be great for us. And then someone asked Will Rogers is like, what do you do when a team takes away your running game? And he says, most teams don't have Jalen Carter and another like top pick on the defensive line. So like they just raved about Georgia's roster and depth overall. Um, I don't want to say like jealousy of it, but Georgia's the standard in college football. And Leach even said that he thought that Georgia was a better team than Alabama, but Mississippi State played Georgia better than it did Alabama. Hmm. I think that's a very fair assessment. Jeremy, what do you think? I agree. I mean, it helped too, I think, Dane, with them being at home tonight. But like you said, man, like just, and I think what uh, Roddy said, they, uh, they were able to do just enough to keep keep their crowd in it. And then, like you said, they kept counterpunching. They did just enough to keep Georgia slightly off balance before Georgia finally warmed down in that second half. So, I don't know, maybe they learned a thing or two from the Bama game. I think this is what we've learned, Dane. I think you really hit the head. Georgia was going to make mistakes, and we're going to talk about them here. We're also talking about the good stuff, and we'll, you know, lord the victory over everybody. But you just got guys who can overcome it with sheer talent. You've got the Darnell Washington. You got the Brock Bowers. Big night for Darnell. Big night earlier for Brock. Then they forgot that he was on the team. Uh, Lad McConkey, probably SEC Player of the Week on offense, just lights Kiaris out. Kiaris Jackson. Kiaris with some big plays. Um, Stetson Bennett. I mean, okay, he had two interceptions. One was he was hit as he was throwing. The other one was uh, picked off. But still had three Blue touchdowns. Play. Three yards play. How often uh, are you going to see a defensive lineman do that? Yeah. I mean, the guy knocks it to himself. That, that's some David Pollock-esque shit there. Just, again, not just counting it. There's two interceptions on his play. 
on his plate. But three touchdowns, 300 yards passing, uh, a touchdown they ran in, uh, offensive line mowing people down. Kenny McIntosh, I, I wish you could fix his thigh and just leave him in the game. He's an absolute beast. So, in other words, every time you fuck up, you have somebody come in and make a big play. You need to set the tone after going into halftime. You get a 70-yard run. Kendall Milton at the last second just absolutely crushes them, runs it into the end zone. So, point being, we could talk about all the mistakes, but they got men. They got bad guys on their side that just win it for you. And uh, it's like, oh, we fucked up on that one. Excuse my language again. We're going to go fix this. Let's, you know. Hand it, to, hand it to six and see what happens, or throw it to 19 and see what happens. Unfortunately for Georgia's next two opponents, they're not as good as Mississippi State. So uh, I think it's about to be a beatdown in Lexington, and then I think Georgia Tech at home will be another beatdown. And then, frankly, I mean, we're kind of beginning to look ahead to LSU, right? Um, oh, yeah. I'm already doing it. And I'm sure Kirby's going to say, don't do that with this Kentucky team, but – Man, Kentucky's offensive line is so bad. They're so, so bad. But on Around the League this week, I said, watch out for Vandy with Kentucky. And and I'm going to give Coach some crap for that because he uh, he kind of pushed back on me. So, Paul, I got one. Hey, Paul, one more thing, and I'm going to get off here. And I saw a stat today, man. Your boy Levis, man. Joe I knew Mid- that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me, you're my guy. Joe let's, just get, let's get this crap over no, no, with. Dude, yeah, I, come on, I, I, come on, dude, come on. I love you, Paul. I love you, Paul. Yeah, uh, but uh, man, Joe Milton, backup quarterback for Tennessee, had more total yards today in his two drives than Will Levis had all game. Four quarters against Vanderbilt, man. Yeah, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I said Will Rogers was that guy, and I actually didn't think he played that well today. So. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, Jeremy, it was good having you on the show for this last <laughs> run, man. And uh, if you can't log in next week, it'll be – I don't know what. It'll be maybe something <laughs> like that. Maybe clear your cookies. All right, um, man. All right. No, we appreciate it as always, man. You have a good night, man. Dane, go get some more more, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dane, thanks right, for Jerry. jumping on, my friend. I appreciate See that. You, friend. Hey, have the watch along, go, Roddy. Uh, we, it was went great until one of the uh, receiver on one of the mics died. And so we lost sound for about uh, – 30 seconds, 40 seconds, well, maybe longer. I don't know. It was a little while. Like, Where'd the sound go? But it's funny, the ESPN broadcast lost their main feed, and they had to go to yeah. the Skycam thing. So, and so lost our, our $2,000, you know, set up at your table, well, not minus the cameras, versus their $2 million setup actually had more audio than they did, and they went a long time without audio. So we were we were fine. Well, I'll be back with y'all next week. But, okay. Uh, for having me on, I'm gonna go find something that's warm and right. get out. Of Mississippi. See ya. See ya, Dane. Bye, guys. Let's get old. Oh boy, next in you see who's next in line. Do we really want to do this? <laughs> yes, he got. He to. knows he's next in line too. Like he's looking at the camera, smiling right now. Anthony and Ryan and Ben are next up. But let's oh, start with Anthony. Oh, hey Anthony. Anthony. Well, 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 Paul. <laughs> What's up, buddy? You still taking that? Uh, you still dying on that? That Will Levi's guy is your guy or what? Cause no, nah, uh, man, I've I've given up on him. Today was my last uh, my last chance for him. I'm, I've given up. And just in, just in time. I'm just, for- I'm just so happy that I am on the first episode of the PAW show. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, I 
I saw it. Roddy wrote it out. Yeah. Believe me, I, I got something special for you, uh, but for SEC, champion, SEC Championship Week. I've already got it. I got my kids making shit, all that stuff. Ready, dro- Roddy dropped two F-bombs. I'm he not going to use them. I'm not going to use them. He did. He we're did. already we're already probably demonetized for this week. Exactly. Oh, I know, but I'm not going to use them, so you can't say it's my fault. I appreciate that, right? Anthony. So look, I'm going to use that. an analogy today, and I know what that word means because I, I I I went to private school. Yeah. How many? You know, you see the hat, right? Yeah, Tyler's. Yeah, you play golf. Right? It's the number one. You know, the number one ball in golf. Yeah. There's four rounds in a golf tournament, not that garbage shit that they got overseas, whatever it is, playing shorts with a bunch of bands, you know, like yeah. the book, you're playing with those guys. You have four rounds to play so you can mess one up, you can get better, you can get better, and then you have to close. And that's what Georgia is. Georgia Georgia's like a – I don't know what it is, like you guys were talking about, really good callers tonight, by the way, is that you have the ability when you're really good as a good golfer to give shots to worse players. And you're, and that's all Georgia's doing. Georgia is the Kevin Kisner of golf. Oh, I like it. And they're saying, all right, I'm going to give you three aside and we'll adjust. Or I'll give you five aside and we'll adjust. And oh, you, can like play your, you can play your ass off if you want to, but just remember who the pro is. This ain't no hobby, baby. <laughs> oh, I like that. This is you the best like we've had on the show. Yeah. Wow. So that – that's the way this. That's the way Georgia plays. Georgia can come out and they, and I know they're negative in the turnover market. It, it's it's fluke stuff. Like the you know uh, great play by the defensive lineman on this second interception, which was awesome. It was very Pollock-esque. But the the problem is, you're never going to stop Georgia. There's just way too many weapons. Brock Bowers didn't have a touchdown. Darnell Washington has one more touchdowns in his career than Jalen Carter does. That's just how good Georgia is. Yeah. Lad McConkie went off. The defense, yeah. and, and and you want you you were asking you were asking best two players, right? Like the the two players of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give them to Lad, and I'm gonna give it to Smile Munden. Smile Munden played. Smile Monday played his ass off in that first half. So to back up that, Anthony, Smile led the team in tackles with eight, five solo, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup, and one quarterback hurry. Probably his best statistical game of the wow. season. I, I'd have to go back so and look. Could, he could dab on him if he wants to. Oh, God. Yeah, we're uh, definitely. I did. I did it. I'm a guy. I'm a dad. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's better than the guy that picked Dejon Edwards uh, as his player of the game with two rushes for 18 yards. But, you know, each his own. I like yours better. In, in the yeah, strip? He, he said he liked Dejon. I don't think that uh, No, he said that was his second second player. Ooh, good Lord. Dude, man, yeah, get from Conyers. Be, be nice. Yeah, I, like I said, you're no, from no, Conyers. No, I'm just saying. Was, 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 was he watching the South Carolina game or, or, or did he actually watch this game? I don't. I don't. I I, I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wanted to see him do well. I don't think that was his. I hope not. I hope not. He seemed like a good guy, but I think no. That was no. Still hey, like, like, look, okay. Like both of you guys said, you could play uh, devil's advocate if you want to. Roddy, yeah. you got more in the box than you can block, which Mississippi State did on the inside runs all day. Yeah. 
Loaded it's up. tough to run in the middle. They did the same thing against JT Daniels two years ago. We couldn't run the ball. Yeah, uh, well, right. We couldn't run the ball. So why Todd Monk? I don't know if Munkin was trying to set up, you know, play action or if he was trying to set up some misdirection like he did with Ladd in the third quarter. But it was just like the weirdest thing. I mean, I know you have to pound the middle just so they can respect it. But when the safeties creep down, you still got to do, you know, what helps make you score. And I don't know. It was just kind of like like somebody said in the chat earlier. It's like it was just like a weird game. It's like how do you beat somebody by twenty six on the road and just feel like, eh? Well, was, dude, are we Alabama? Yeah, that was my my thought. Was I mean, I, there were puckered butts through you know for a couple scores in the, until you had three scores in the third quarter. But going into yeah. halftime, you're like, you get a five point lead against Mississippi State when you really outplayed them in the first half. Just you, mm-hmm. you, you, you killed them, but then they just wouldn't go away. So, to your point, it's like you know, hey, when you make the turn, they get three more strokes. But it yep. was a weird game. It was tight there, it was tighter than it should have been. You should have blown them out, but they just couldn't get away, couldn't get away. But, but, then but they the did. Right? They did blow them out. They beat them by twenty six. The, the it's like it rushes. The it, second half is just like completely different. You know, it's like ah, okay. Here, I so, love this. It's a I mistake. That I saw, you know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Paul. I love this comment, Anthony. This uh, from Andrew Wagner. He says this team feels like it's playing with house money all year, knowing we aren't going to lose. That. That's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, you're playing you're, with free money. You're in Vegas playing with when, free money almost. When you're when you're the pro, when you're the pro, you know you're going to win. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's it, a good point, though. Then all of a sudden you're doing that weird stuff where you're like, oh, I'm over here by the tree. I'm gonna turn my uh, seven iron upside down. Because I don't yeah. have an angle, and I'm gonna try this chop shot thing. You know, you saw that when uh, Stetson rolls out, he's he's got uh, Darnell Washington in the flat. He could hit him, but he throws oh. over Lad McConkey, who's you know got who's being covered by a corner and the yeah. safety slide over that way. He's like, don't get greedy, and Todd Munkin, don't yeah. get fancy. Just you know. Yeah. But to your point about the, somebody I got texted by uh, Josh who said uh, in in fourth quarter Georgia was, was in its prevent offense. Yeah. Oh God, the, the Kirby don't offense. Don't the Kirby do that. Offense. Yeah. Don't do that. But here's the thing: it is the same thing last week. It's like, okay, if we run it three times in the middle, and yeah. then we have to punt, I'm fine with that because remember they think in drives. They're like, yeah. you got to get the ball, and you, I have a 19 point lead on you. So if uh, we stop you here, it's going to take you at least two, three minutes to do it. If I do it again. I take two, three minutes off the clock. Now we're down to two minutes left. You still got to score twice in two minutes. Yeah. So they kind of, they're like, Kirby's like, I just go, I'm going to win it. But, now, if one of you misses a block, I mean, one of you misses your angle, and my guy beats you man to man with your safeties up here, you're going yeah. to see what Kendall Milton did. Coach called that right before it happened. He's like, look, if we ever, if we ever get through that cluster, that, you know, yeah. that mash of people, there's yeah. nobody back there. And that's what you saw. So I think they're content with, Let's throw Dejan and everybody into the into that teeth because we're just killing clock. We if we got a first down, great. But we're not. Right. They weren't. They weren't trying to score. They were trying to kill the clock. That's my right. take on it. Right. Which again doesn't make you feel like, man, we smoked those guys. We whooped their ass. No. Right. Like, right. So that gives you that frustration, even though you win by twenty five points. But that and that's the thing though. But if if Kirby wanted to put the hammer down, because I don't know if he has a love hate relationship with. 
Mike Leach or not, but he could have scored another two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but I think it's just uh, he's like, I don't want to get into a shootout. Let's just yeah, get out of here. You also don't have no, to either. There wasn't a shootout. There wasn't a shootout. They were they, what? Every time you give them the ball, there is that possibility. So right, like, but they're one. They were what? What one for seven on third down, or one for eight before the fourth quarter? After what happened at the, at the in the first half, he's like, "No, we're we're not giving those sons of bitches." Uh, I, I I understand it, but but Kirby knew he had control of the game, especially yeah. once they entered the fourth quarter. It, it the game was the game was 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 far was was a far concluded by that point. But I understand what you mean. But he doesn't have Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle back there. Oh, that's yeah. true. Very true. He, he doesn't well, have those two good. guys. He doesn't have those two guys that can just grind seven, eight yards per and then do what Kendall Milton did. Yeah. I mean, Kenny, Kenny's been limited all year. Kenny Mack has been limited. Milton has been limited. Dejon Edwards has been a really good back, but he's a between the tackles runner and they took that away. And Branson is still trying to learn how to hold on to the ball in an SEC, against SEC, SEC defense. So, and also, and also with Branson, like Dane said last week, when he's in the game, you know it's a run. So it's really to his disadvantage. One hundred percent. He he has no blitz pickup whatsoever. Right. So you're yep. you're very limited in how you can how you can go about that with your running backs. But I'm not I'm not I'm not doubting the way Kirby and Munkin know how to close games out because they know how to. I mean, you win by twenty six on the road. Look, if you look back since Kirby's first year in 2016 every time he's gone to a new stadium as a Georgia head coach he's lost I mean oh. he went to Ole Miss he lost he went to um Auburn in 2017 lost he went to LSU he lost he went to Alabama he lost this is the first time he's he's actually won a game on the road first time as a Georgia head coach in the SEC West damn did not know that so he had to go out there and he had to do what he had to do to not only just secure the win, which we are SEC champion, uh, SEC East champions. It's just not talk about that. We are the SEC East champions. And I would love to face nobody better than a running quarterback that can't throw the ball more than 15 yards accurately with oh. LSU. What about Harold Perkins? Before we let you go, we got to get to this. What, what about you run at the best defender? That's what they did against. That's what they did against Dallas Turner and Will Anderson last year in the national championship game. You take them out of the game. You run at them. Yeah. Am I wrong? What, would Coach say that? No, he, well, he's uh, not going to say what he's going to do. But Coach Donald yeah. would be like, "Yeah, yeah, you run at you run at their best defender." And if you have Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and if you bring an Oscar Delp, and let's not uh, mention Marcus Rosemary Jackson on the crackbacks, they you take them out of the play. So, but I'm going to let you go so you guys can let some more people go uh, on. And uh, I'm eating shrimp tonight, by the way, Paul. I got three pounds of shrimp, baby. Dude, you're living the dream, my man. I love it. Hey, uh, fact check, though. Kirby won his first game when he went to Arkansas. Uh, Well, yeah, but he lost to Alabama after that. That's fine. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. He's not not had a good road. I know. I knew I was going to get fact checked. I knew I forgot. Somebody got you. Somebody got you. But it's all so. good. People fact check me all the time, Anthony. If you're if you're not lying, you're not trying. So well, all right, it's Anthony. not called Anthony's always wrong. It's called Paul's always wrong. That's right. Hey, and you guys, just so you know, I don't know how to set my YouTube stuff up. So you can just say Tony. I don't my wife set it up for me. But if you want to call me Anthony, that's fine. I'm normally Anthony when I'm in trouble. I just and I'll I just call you anything but late for dinner. How about that? 
shrimp this big, like the size of a baby's foot. Hey, and Roddy's got two. Roddy's got two. Roddy's got two f bombs that he owes me for the next show. But I got something for you, Paul. I swear, I got something. It looks like a baby's foot. I don't want it, brother. I I mean, don't want it. No, not like a fetus foot, but like a, a one and a half year old that's been walking for a while and he's been running into the crap couch and shit. You know, his toes are all filled up. <laughs> I love you guys. Hey, make sure to hit like and subscribe. Best YouTube content ever. Love you guys. See you, man. <laughs> what? Ah. Uh, take this bustle town vodka and just go. I'm a, I'm a bustle down. Uh, I'm gonna go to town with this. <laughs> Damn, Anthony. Hey, Ryan, get ready because you gotta follow that. So. Oh my God, man. <laughs> have been a, I love that guy, man. Foot. I really do. I really do. And then he says, "No, not like a fetus foot. No, like a one and a half year old's been walking around, just stepping his toe on the ground, like you know, like shrimp." Man, uh, folks, uh, we want to give a shout out to ASW Distillery. I'm mentioning their uh, Bustletown vodka. They make uh, Fiddler bourbon. They make uh, Tire Fire and a bunch of them. It's five of the six people who created ASW Distillery are Georgia graduates. They win tons of awards. You can see on your screen there. See all those golds and all those silvers. Uh, they win a lot. They went out to the uh, World Spirits Competition. It's like the national championship or world championship for the distilleries and you see how many uh, golds and silvers they won so uh, i'm going to later in the show i will let us know who won the free bottle of fiddler bourbon and i will mention uh, we'll, i'll put in the link for the next drama we give away a bottle each week so uh be sure to enter that andrew wagner smash that like button boys and girls damn right that helps us a ton man just so you guys know, most downloaded podcast out of any of the podcasts on UJSports.com last week by a large margin. Don't want to say it's because of me, but I'm not you, on any other show. Last week? Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. We crushed the comp. We crushed the comp. Uh, who's next? Ryan, what's going on, Ryan? Hey, guys. Um, so, excuse me. Um, so the game, I, I've I've got a question for Paul, and then and then a question for Roddy. Uh, for Paul first, uh, who would you say um, at this point in the season is the most improved player on the defensive side of the ball? Who who didn't play a lot last week or Don't last year? That, who didn't? Uh, Kamar Lassiter. That's exactly who I was going to say. And and I'm so glad you said his name because my question for Roddy, Roddy, if, if you've got – I'm curious what Donnan's uh, comments were on Lasseter. just seems like a lightning bolt, man. He's in every play. He's shooting out of a – and then I was saying it's always going to cause you're going to have that call, Roddy, where you had that question. Who's going to ask that Oz? I lost you there. Um, if, if you got the um, – for Lasseter, if, if you saw that. I caught the part where uh, you mentioned what did Coach say about uh, Lasser. I thought that he played lights out, and Coach gave him plenty of compliments, especially the way he uh, diagnosed some of those plays, and he was in tight coverage, knocked the ball down. There was like a third and seven. He comes across the guy's back, swats it down, knocked down one, I think, in the end zone there too as well. Uh did he happen to mention, like, um, in the game when Lasseter came, when he was called to come over, that play is going to be something they would be odd and on, usually be odd on TV, I think. 
And it may have been a they may have called a timeout. Still not catching you. Are it scans the calls where you had those where they called like a penalty? No. I don't remember that play. Tell me about All it. Right. Well, no, I was just gonna say that Lasseter, when he came in, you know, he's he's a sophomore, and uh, what games yeah. you're gonna have? They come on. They usually Odell came over, but I, they said Big O, and it's like whoop, and they had that thing come over. And it was a, it showed it on the jumbotron. I just wasn't sure if they had it on TV. I was listening. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they did, Ryan. I don't think they did. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I, thank you guys so much for the show, guys. If everybody could just when you were a female last week, though, that was better. <laughs> <laughs> oh no dang roddy call me out man My cover's cold. god it took a minute. all right well hey, it, took, it took you a minute roddy i don't think you caught it right away you didn't i, I thought maybe the Bob, first two i'm like i, I mean he's doing this on purpose yeah i, I definitely but, inspire with paul you can blame him for all this but uh yeah so yeah he he hit me up after the tiktok and he was like hey man i can do double talk too and i said that sounds excellent yeah it, i was like just promise like, wait, i was like promise me you don't tell roddy and so i, I did not i did not you did guys not. have a good night thank you so much for what you do i love the show hey man hey, take right. it easy Lou. Yes, take right. it easy right. see you guys <laughs> he got your ass he had you he did for the first one i'm like <laughs> because my <laughs> volume's going <laughs> in and out so i'm like I said, did I just have a stroke? Like, did, I, did, I, did I not hear him? And then I'm like, oh, shit, what play did I miss? I don't understand this caller. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> he is really good. He's better than we are. No, yeah. yeah that's so. Yeah, man. That's that's really good. Um, that's yeah, yeah, I knew it was coming, and I still. He tweets the stuff out or puts it up. You know, everyone sees it, and they go, ah, you know. Kind of like crank collars, or you know, it's the uh, people enjoy that. So to me, I'm like, dude, if you can get us, great. Because if you can make fun of us, and more people watch the show, I'd like to have uh, what's her name back next week, though. Oh, she was great. She was great. Um, the other Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> yeah, Dominique Wilkins of the University of the Atlanta Hawks. She. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. His voice last time when uh, he said, "Hey." I'm actually a female. I was like, whoa, Roddy, you're in trouble here, bud. And <laughs> I kind of ba- I backed up. I was like, hey, this is boss man. This is UJSports.com riding the bulls. It's nothing to do with me. I'm I'm right here. Um, I'll let him handle that. And then uh, you know, I, I eventually I caught on, but it took me a minute. Let's bring on uh one guy that oh, look at this, right in the nick of time. Ben Bachman, J-Rab Dog says, not sure what's been better, that last caller this season or Ben's girlfriend last season. Ben, how's it going, bud? Oh, well, well I, think, I think you stunned him with the uh, question there. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> He's like, I'm not answering that question. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, he wasn't ready for that. He was not ready. I see he's kind of moving around right there, but he's not He's not, He's not. not moving, moving. His, uh, uh, I, I'm thinking what happened was his uh, internet's been having, been trying these uh, gummies that we got what, here. What, what gummies are you talking about? I'm talking about the uh, Rogue Shop. So, folks, Rogue Shop is one of our major sponsors of the post-game overreaction show. They make fantastic sleep gummies. They make pain gummies. They make uh, THC gummies. They make fun gummies. They also make uh, hard candies and all sorts of good stuff. If you're looking for a pain salve, if you want something, a cream made from CBD, they make the full spectrum 
CBD that I use on my knee. It cuts down on the inflammation there. It's good for that. If you have a hard time sleeping, try their sleep gummies. If you want to have a good time in Vegas or go out and have a wild time, try any of their uh, CBD, I mean, their THC products. They make some really fun stuff. They're edibles, uh, Delta 9, Delta 8 gummies. Again, if your business drug test, do not take these. <laughs> you will fail the drug test, okay? Uh, but if they do not and you want to enjoy these, uh, we've the, a lot of members of UJ Sports have tried them. They love them. They rave about them. I highly recommend them. But I do recommend that when you try one, especially like one of these 50 milligram ones, that you take a quarter of it, take half of it, don't eat the whole thing at once, pop it in your mouth, and then go, I don't feel anything, and then pop another one. You, that's stupid. Just take one and wait 20, 30 minutes. Give it some time. But uh, use promo code BULLDOGS10. Get 10% off your order at the Rogue Shop. Try them out. You'll absolutely love it. It's great stuff they have over there. Uh, you know, they, they have them as hard candies, soft candies. The lollipops are really good. Again, they're 50 milligrams. I would not eat the entire thing. Keep the wrappers right. waiting for a while. So try Foster's a, Foster's a big fan. He said those gummies will have you mopping the roof. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, try them out. They're really good. They do a bunch. Of, again, the guy that did this, Richard, he was he was in the military. He was a former college football player, too. Uh, athlete said, I don't like stuff like that. Got hurt in the military, was having pains, and they, the medications they were giving weren't working. We weren't doing much for him. So he found out about cabinoids and found out about their anti-inflammation things and decided he, they grow it. He and his wife grow all this stuff. They make all this stuff. It's small batch. This isn't some... Uh, thing out in Vegas, you know, on the strip that you buy that has no effect. This is high quality stuff and all of our reviews have been fantastic. So hit them up. Damn Skippy. I right, want to try Ben again. Let's try him. I'll bring him on. All right. This time I think it works. It works. I was also pulling up. I use uh, the CBN gummies, by the way, Roddy, very effective. So different. Also I have friends who use the stuff for pain and it's, it's effective guys. So a lot of good products. But first off, before I get into the game, Paul, I, I'm going to give you a trivia question since Dave's not on here for me to, you know, sweep you in trivia again. You know, so you're going to ask you me your own trivia question. Yeah, okay. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Can you name the quarterback who has lost to Vanderbilt in their last 27 games? The SEC quarterback who has lost to Vanderbilt in their last 27 games. Can you name him? I can't. It's been a long time. I can't remember. Wow. Maybe a quarterback who's going to be benched next week when we're talking about the Georgia-Kentucky game, Will Levis. Ah, he lost. He did lose. Damn shame. Damn shame. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Already I'm already you, you joined too late, Ben. You, I've already renounced my. Yeah, yeah, I know, life. I know. But there was like four callers coming in, and, and I'm texting you about Will Levis, and I'm like, oh, he's putting on other people. Oh, I'm, I'm shook. I'm shook, yeah. Paul. You know yeah. your agenda against me. Um, it is what it is. But. On a, tonight's game was like a weird game because at times it felt like, man, it was like it felt like a one possession game. It felt like Georgia was winning by 50. Then it felt like, OK, this felt like a two possession game. This game kind of felt weird to me. This is one of the weirdest games of the season just because of everything that happened. I mean, you look at Jeremy said the I've, same. Never, I've never seen the last 20 seconds of a half. And maybe th there have been some that have been bad that ended as bad as that it, it, for a Kirby Smart game that I could think of. I mean, back to back weeks. I know, yeah. back to, it, it was just bizarre. You look at it and it's like, I thought he was going to run the ball because last week you got 
conservative because, you know, and Roddy brought it up, the offense that they run, it's not like you're running against a running team. Because when people were talking about earlier, you guys were talking about shootouts, Mississippi State's going to throw the ball a bunch. So they have a chance to hit a big play and get back into the game really quick because of how they play. Tennessee's the same way. So I thought, okay, we're going to run the ball, just keep their offense off. We have a double-digit lead on the road. We're going to get the ball at half. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then, I mean, Dominique Wilkins, as our old friend calls him, that doesn't make the catch. And you end up having to punt straight to him, and you miss a tackle, and you give up a big punt return for a touchdown. And that leads to a close game. And then in the second half, I think they put their foot down. But overall, besides the end of the second half and the run blocking and the scheme and everything with the run running game – were the two big issues. I thought the passing game for the most part was really good. I thought the defense outside of like two drives played really good. So I still think Georgia overall played a, a good game, but I just think some of the dumb penalties, the run blocking, and that just mismanagement the last 20 seconds are the three things that you know were a struggle, which I don't expect them to, to continue much going forward because you look at your schedule. Kentucky lost to Vandy. And then you have Georgia Tech, who's who's just a joke and a waste of space. And then you go to the SEC Championship. So these next two weeks set up for you really well. Um, Kentucky's still a physical football team with how they want to play, but they're just not a very good one. So I think that it sets up for you really good the next two weeks, entering playing LSU. And the one thing that I wish Georgia got to play more is a quarterback that can move because they're Jane Daniels is going to be the best athletic quarterback they play all year because he can run. And I don't think anybody else on Georgia's schedule, they haven't played a quarterback who's been able to run a lot. So that's one thing I wish, you know, Georgia got to play more of this year, but that could be an X factor going forward. Will they play Bo Nix? Was he supposed to be able to run a lot? Next Heisman Trophy winner? New Bo Nix? Damn. Damn. Well, Bo Nix in Georgia, we've seen that movie too many times. I mean, he said he'd beat Georgia if they played again. So, yeah, but that ain't happening. I don't know about that. They're done. Yeah, they're done. Uh, Georgia's rushing attack at the half, 2.8 yards per carry, Ben. You finish with 5.4. You take out the, the one run with McConkie, 3.3 for your running backs, not including McConkie. Uh, something to be concerned with, or was it just the way Mississippi State was playing the dogs? I guess my – and then to follow up with that, who do you look for to kind of be that lead back? Because we've seen it in different games – you know, be Edwards. We've seen it be McIntosh. I, I think that you finally, right here, you, these last two games, you really kind of have to find that, all right, this is our guy in this situation, this situation, this situation. Because, for instance, this game, Kendall Milton was the uh, final back for Georgia. He broke off the touchdown run. But he was he's not been yeah. the final back for Georgia. So where do you see that all landing? Well, I would honestly stick with your most experienced because – with Branson Robinson, I brought it up last week. Um, me and Roddy were talking about it. Every time Branson Robinson's on the field, I don't know why my screen's getting blurry. So I'll, I'll Boy, cut you that look out. wild right now, brother. I know. Hold on. I'll just cut this out. Um, so I, I always go to um, experienced running backs. Okay. I don't know why my camera's not working. Hold up. Oh, God. I, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone right now. <laughs> I know. This, this is all over the place right now. Are you okay? okay is that better? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, there we go. That made no sense. So um, I would just go with the experience backs because Edwards had some fumbling issues. And when Branson's on the field, you know what he's going to do. They're going to hand him the ball. It's predictable. 
because I don't think they trust him yet in pass protection. And he's not the back that you throw the ball a lot to. So you know what it's going to be when he's on the field. It's really predictable and he's inexperienced. So I think Kendall, obviously he had a groin injury, which those are, I believe. And also I know he's had some hamstring injuries before. Those are weird injuries to come back from because some of those linger and they're complicated. But if he's healthy, I ride him and Kenny. And the one thing that confuses me is Kenny McIntosh is an elite pass catching back. They haven't thrown the ball a lot to him recently. I've just noticed that. I don't know why they aren't giving him more, you know, swing passes and just giving him more touches in the passing game. I wish they did that. But now when you have your leading receiver. Yeah, but he didn't. uh, To Ben's point, he did not catch a pass tonight and was not targeted tonight. Which is unusual. Like, I mean, he's been your leading receiver at times, especially in the first half of the season. But I just feel like as of late, they haven't thrown the ball a ton to him. And, you know, outside, I remember the wheel route last week to Tennessee, but I just think that he's such an effective pass catching back. You have to use him in that way. And then also Ben, 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 real quick, Ben, Ben, last uh, four games, five receptions for K-Mac. Before that, 26, 26. That's my my point. Something's weird there because I've noticed they've been using all four, like at least three backs. Like Branson's played in almost every game and it kind of, just randomly materialized from the Auburn game on he's played a ton. And to me, when he's a one dimensional back at this point in his career, and trust me, he has the potential to be a great running back, but when you know what he's going to be right now, it makes it so easy for a defensive game plan. Okay. We can, he's on the field. Let's stack the box. And, you know, they run it up the middle or a little outside zone. And that's all it is to him. So I would go with Kenny and, um, Kendall because they don't fumble as much and they're experienced and also they complement each other. Kenny's really good in the pass game. Kendall's your big back who can plow for extra yards. They complement each other. Well, they're experienced. They don't fumble. Edwards is fumbling. Branson's more one dimensional. So that's why I ride with those two guys and whoever just put that comment is Dane's favorite poster. Yeah. Cash money. Jones, Andrew Wagner says he had a good play on special teams, by the way. Yeah. Hey, he Most traveled. Games, so he traveled, man. Travel. Mm-hmm. Foster Moss says, uh, "I heard Kentucky's going to let Coach Cal coach the football game next Saturday. What a what a uh, downward spiral for Coach Stoops over there at Kentucky, man. Going from being the next hot name, now you've overstayed your welcome at Kentucky. It seems like a lot of people picked them to finish second in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I picked Will Levis to be the damn Heisman. So, I well, mean, Paul, I have a question for you about that. Would you take uh, Stoops if you were Texas A and M right now?" I mean, I, I'm having to buy out Jimbo for 86 million. I mean, so I would take Stoops. I mean, he wouldn't be my first choice, but over Jimbo right now? Are you kidding me? That's I'm the not, biggest joke of a season I've ever seen as Texas A&M. Who, who hires Jimbo after this? Who's paying his buy? Is Texas A&M paying? Oh, his I have the one. West Virginia. Yeah, I think Jimbo goes off into like a nowhere land school, kind of like a West Virginia. Because he's from somewhere. West Virginia. My, my yeah. best friend's an alumni there, and he's like we might hire Jimbo and I'm like, I don't think you want to do that. And I got a text today. I will never accept him as our head coach. Yeah. I mean that, that, so what are they three and three and seven, three and seven, $30 million or three and seven. Uh, speaking of West Virginia, uh, I feel bad for JT Daniels. I mean, yeah, man, he's done had a rough day. And then uh, Gary green comes in and leads them to a win over Oklahoma for the first time since like 1980 something. They beat Oklahoma in Morgantown, uh, but that will be the third team that 
he's been the starting quarterback and lost the job. Now at USC, as you guys pointed out, you know, he got the ACL injury, but you know, when he came back, he comes to Georgia, working on getting healthy there, gets the starting job, loses it to Stetson after an injury, uh, has a rough time at uh you know, he's a good kid. I just man, just the worst luck for JT Daniels. Feel bad for him. But also it kind of shows when everybody was calling for JT last year. Kirby might know what the hell he's doing by playing Stetson. Yeah, Again, did, not saying he's like night and day better, but he – what did Kirby say over and over again? He gives us the best chance to win. And on the road today, even with uh, the crazy um, – the tip ball and the crazy play by the de- defensive lineman, you know, the guy almost has 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, and runs for one. So they have – He's on a roll, and he's going he's gonna to smoke Kentucky next week. I think that's going to be – they'll, they'll kill Georgia Tech. Uh, but hopefully after that, Georgia should be able to finish the season in – hopefully in domes. You know, as the weather gets nastier, you'll play LSU. If you win that one, you go right back to the dome. So and then Doesn't you, Kirby get to pick that game? If you're yeah, number one team plays closest to home. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. They can they can pick their destination. Most ninety five percent of the time, they will play closer to home, yeah, they but they can pick their destination. Right. So, so yeah, take the Georgia Dome and right Mercedes Benz Dome. So that that's my and then where's the where's the uh, Natty at? L A. In the dome. Uh, whatever that is out there. But I mean, it's oh, not it's be, uh, the Ram Stadium. Yeah, what's yes, it called? Still yeah, five. it's not going to be so five. Yeah, still five, but it's not going to be thirty five degrees out there. It'd be perfect weather. No. So. So if uh, they make it that far and we're getting really ahead of ourselves, I'll recommend this plan of action. Fly into Vegas. Spend a couple days in Vegas, then head over to L.A. That's what we did last year, or not last year, for the Rose Bowl. Uh, Anthony Dash and I flew into uh, Las Vegas. And Are we uh, taking, the, P- are we taking uh, the POS? Are you taking me this year to the National Championship game? No, no, no. Hey, man, they well, what happened when you went to the SEC championship game? That ended. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, they lost. I don't know if I'm going this year or not. Last um, two years, Georgia undefeated without Paul, with yeah. Paul, not won a single oh, game. Oh, and one. Just, just tragic. Tragedy. Oh, one. Yeah. Um, Jermaine King says uh, Kirby said the plays were run were to run the clock out, but they were run pass option plays, and Setson decided to pass on those plays. I'm guessing Jermaine's talking about the plays before halftime has to be. Uh, that's interesting. Pass on all three of them. Why give him the option to pass then if – I don't know. You know? Makes sense? If you're going to run the clock out, just run the clock out. Why give him the RP? Why give him the chance to pass? Because if you make one first down, you don't have to punt it to him. Yeah, but you also only had like what thirty something seconds left. I don't know. Yeah, what it, I don't know. To me, or you thought, hey, I see something, you know. And those passes, you know, they weren't there, and that's was, was just an awful, awful series. I know. I, I know we've been talking about, or oh, are we getting, you know, too ahead of ourselves with the SEC title game, national championship, whatever. I mean, actually, your the comment right here kind of brings it up. Is this the one year that we see like the biggest power shift in the SEC? And not just like because there's people who are proclaiming Georgia's top Bama in that realm. I think if they win the championship, you can then legitimately make an argument for that when you have two titles, because then Kirby would have the same amount of championships as Saban since leaving for Georgia. They would each have two. And he's the younger guy who obviously is going to coach much longer given his age and everything. 
But I think even beyond Georgia and Alabama, you look at what LSU is doing, you look at Tennessee, you look at, I mean, Vanderbilt won a game and Texas A&M looks like the worst team in the conference after giving Jimbo that money and paying all that up for that all-time recruiting class. This year to me looks like the ultimate shift in the SEC from the West was the dominant side to I think the East is the better division, which we haven't said that in a long time to me from top to bottom. I think the East is better than the West this year, and that's, to me, a crazy shift in the SEC. Has it been a couple decades that that hasn't been the issue? I mean, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, To your point, I think that Tennessee is good. There's no question. Uh, Florida is not awful. I mean, it's year one for them. Give them some time to uh, get a little bit better. Yep. Shane, I'm not sold on Shane Beamer. I never have been. Um, Kentucky's a disappointment this year. There's no mm-hmm. you can't sugarcoat that. That's absolutely disappointing for them. They were expecting ten wins and you know a lot better. So, but LSU, uh, LSU is doing great. I mean, hell, they they made the championship game in year one there. Ole Miss is fantastic. Uh, Mississippi State is Mississippi State, but you're right. They fall off of Texas A&M and Alabama. So there's a power shift within the West, and there's a power shift from the West to the East. So it, there's a lot more parity now than before when your top two teams right now are Georgia and LSU. Now, I will say Alabama sitting on a hell of a recruiting class. They yeah. are not ready to write the Nick Saban uh, obituary yet. They have a great recruiting class. They just signed. It was number two class in the nation. Mm-hmm. Georgia was number three. And right now, I think they have one of the top classes in the country coming in. So that can – I don't see them falling off and losing, you know, two, three yeah. games next year. They could, but I think part of it is, you know, they've got some bad uh, coordinators over there. He, he changes those out like uh, most people change T-shirts, and he'll look fine and be back. But you've seen that chink in the armor. And once once you get a crack in your windshield, it just keeps going, keeps growing. It doesn't disappear. So maybe it's the beginning of the end, but the end is a long way off. The, the only way it's the end of Alabama is if Nick were to retire, which honestly I, I think he's going to coach for many more years. But if he retired tomorrow or coached another 10 years, either way I wouldn't be shocked. When a coach is over 70 years old, but he's also Nick Saban, anything well, to me can happen. What? So what? What would he do if he retired? Be like Spurrier and just kind of keep around the program, basically. I, mean, I just don't see him like going TV. playing golf. I just I think that he would rather be. I think it keeps him alive. But Hasn't TV would make him a lot of money, and it could be kind of he wouldn't have to be as stressed now because college football is changing. You're going to have the expanded playoff. You're going to have the NIL, the transport. It's so different from when he first came in. Now, I think he's going to coach many more years, so I think it's going to be a mute point. I don't think he can put but up with Any coach who's over 70 years old, you have to start to think he's not going to coach ridiculously much longer. So that that's kind of my point. But I get your point of view because I truly believe Saban really hasn't really game-planned around what is he going to do after football yet. So – it would have to take something like if they won like only six games this year, I think, yeah, he might just be like, I'm not doing this. I'm not yeah. going to do a rebuild at this age, but I mean, it's only two losses and they were on the final play. So I think they could easily come back from this next year, as long as they switch coordinators and have a good quarterback. Yeah. I think he's done TV though. Uh, on the, on the years that they haven't made the playoff, which has been very few and far between. I want to say he's done 
um, some TV stuff, but I don't know if I could see like state saving, you know, going into the studio every Saturday doing eight hours, you know, no, they, the TV, I don't call it crying, but they're like, you know, talking headlines, get your point across, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I just don't, I don't think he has the patience for it. He's like, look, I know more about everybody here. And when the guys kind of being devil's advocate across from him, like we do, when we kind of bust each other, he'll be like, I'm Nick freaking saving. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You're Joey Gallo, your like, oh yeah. You got fired from wake, you know? Yeah. Generic commentator. Oh, you played for three years. You know, you were, you had two years or you were an all American and then you played for three years in the league. I, I've been coaching longer than you've been alive. You know, I just don't see him putting up with some of those guys. So I just don't see it. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, we had a question about from, uh, let's get to miss Mary. So what are the chances Auburn keeps Cadillac? I don't see it happening. I think they want an established coach. I, I think they want somebody who's yeah. as an assistant. Maybe, yeah, as an assistant. But I think Auburn is so desperate for a coach; they're going to throw some crazy money at somebody. Who's okay? So, so who is a guy that you could realistically see Auburn throwing money at? And and that guy saying yes because Auburn right now, I mean, the last two coaches have had really short leashes. Would you say would they do Hugh Freeze? Because if you do, I'll say no. God, no! I don't think you don't. You don't think they would. No, I don't think Hugh Freeze. You don't understand the desperation. That's you can smell it out. If you're if they get Hugh Freeze out of the line, you're at West Point, you're in Columbus. You know that uh, Auburn's forty five minutes away. You could smell it in the air. Paul, I don't think it's a bad look anymore with NIL now as a thing, because now, like honestly, if you accuse someone of cheating or whatever, what what do you think all these teams are doing? We've reported on it. All these teams are using NIL, whatever. What he did is basically (laughs) now to a degree legalized. I think J-Rab's got it, though. They go get Lane Kiffin, and then Dion goes to Ole Miss. He stays in Mississippi. <laughs> I think genius. I want to see Dion at Nebraska. I think Dion at Nebraska could be that, interesting. That's a culture no, clash, man. No, because this is my thing. I don't know if Dion is going to be a great coach, but if he got Nebraska a bunch of talent, that's like their only hope is they get a coach like Dion, get a bunch of talent, then – if Dion doesn't pan out, then a coach comes in with talent. That's the only way Nebraska is going to come back. I think that I think that's the only way because I don't think you're going to get a bunch of talent with any normal coach at Nebraska to go in the in the Midwest and play at Nebraska at this stage. That's their only way of coming back as new as a blue blood is to Dion coming. And and you also said Hugh Freeze the, the whole cheating thing. Are you talking about on his wife? Or with the players? Oh, the players. Because what I'm getting at is the whole escort service. I don't think SEC is bringing it nah. back into that. That was years ago. Nah. Dude, people nah. people have come back for much, much worse. Uh, who, Paul, you wouldn't do it? Who's the former? Hire Hugh Freeze? Hire Hugh's the hell of a ball coach, though, Paul. I would hire Dion 30 times over before I hired Hugh Now, listen, Freeze. Auburn – you know, they are scummy and whatnot. I know, I know Roddy up there hates Auburn more than the other team, but who frees? He's a great ball coach. And also with NIL now, like I've said, if they invest in that, they can get a roster back pretty quickly. I would I would do it, honestly. They're desperate. Who else would you hire? You really think Lane Kiffin is going to jump at Auburn? Because why I, not? I think, yeah. 
I don't know if exactly. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be like, you're not going to, you can't hire him away for what we're going to pay him. People act like, you know, Auburn, and trust me, Auburn will come up with money, but it's not like Ole Miss doesn't have any. Thank you, Georgia on tap. Didn't Freeze lose to UConn today? Yes, he did. UConn's now eligible with Jim Moore. And he beat Arkansas last week. (laughs) No, I don't want – if I'm Auburn and Hugh Freeze is the coach – Dude, it's another two years and he's he gone. He's an SEC West team. What? He's not gone in two years. Sex scandal, this scandal, boom, bada, bing. Brian Harson made no sense coming from the West Coast. He was just another Boise coach on the blue field that blinds your eyes. So that's why people were blinded to what that guy really was. I can't stand that blue field, by the way. Um, that's what Brian Harson made no sense at Auburn and even being in the SEC. Hugh Freeze has done it at Ole Miss where he's been successful. I understand the, the cheating, but Hugh Freeze is a good ball coach. You got Malik Willis. Look at what happened to Malik Willis. He was an Auburn quarterback. And look what happened when he coached him at Liberty. You're, you're telling me, who is a great quarterback coach that all that Auburn's had? Gene Chizik, when he had Cam Newton, that one-hit wonder? I mean, Hugh Freeze would be the best ball coach they've had in since I don't even remember. I probably wasn't alive. Oh Hugh Freeze would be the best God. coach. Well, oh, Matt Rule anyway, so don't worry about it. Wow. All right. Um, fun. Oh boy! What are you looking for? Hey, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the family of Steve Weber, this the former Georgia baseball coach. Uh, coach Weber passed away um, uh, Saturday afternoon from his home in Atlanta after a lengthy illness. He was 74 years old, the winningest coach uh, in Georgia baseball history. Uh, rest in peace, Coach Weber. That was a another damn good dog. Just the Bulldog program's losing a lot of greats. You know, he lost Charlie Trippy and then Coach Don, uh, Coach Dooley, and now uh, uh, Steve Weber. It's like, damn, man. So, hate to see that. Uh, yeah, here we go. Bobby Petrino to Auburn. Oh, God. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That might as well be your next. That's name my point. People, for, they're like, oh, that was. Here's the thing. No matter how bad it was, people can tell that was a long time ago. Dude, How long I, did you punish a guy? Long, long enough. I mean, it, it wasn't even that long ago. It was 2017. Basketball coach. Five years ago. Yeah, Bruce. Per- yeah, you are right. Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Just, and uh, it's Auburn. And Paul, look at the program. It's Auburn. Yeah, this isn't right. like a, a very clean program that's like, oh, we got to do everything by the book. No, Auburn's like, we can win. We'll take them. Uh, D Brown says, I don't like Auburn, but Cadillac had me wanting to suit up. He's just real. No BS. Got them boys wanting to give all they got. I agree. But can he hire enough coaches around? Does he? I don't know if Auburn gives him his first head coaching job. I know he is a legacy there, but I just don't see it. He technically is a head coach now, you know, but I know what you're saying. So, but that, that energy that, uh, and people can point to Clark Lee goes to Vanderbilt. Former Vanderbilt player, they finally break their slide. Kirby Smart goes back to his alma mater. You just you recruit harder, you coach harder. You there's just something electric when you're talking about your team, you know. So I, I kind of get that, but then at the same time, that didn't work at Nebraska, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes hiring, and then you feel really bad when you got to let the guy go because he's you know he's a legend. So I don't see it. Well, he, 
So just real quick on Cadillac, he started coaching in 2015, Henderson State, then went to University of West Georgia in 2016, did not know he was over here in our woods, uh, went to be the running backs coach at IMG Academy for two years, and then running backs coach for the Birmingham Iron of the Alliance of American Football. So his resume is not that deep. I mean, but, you know, you can get those players, uh, you know, running for you. Foster Moss has the pick of all time, though. <laughs> we'll move on here. Uh, oh, Rush Probst. Rush Probst, baby. Yeah, you want to cheat? You want to? You want to cheat? You want to get that program back quick? Call up old Rushy P, man, with his two families. Hey, call him up. Family. <laughs> yeah. Call call him up and get both his families there. I guarantee you that man will play his ass off. Um, because hey, Paul, don't, show me show me that uh, pullover you're wearing there. Oh, you like that? This is the uh, seven six right here. This is seven six apparel. Uh, our guy Chance got this for me. I've got a uh, link up here. So he's just put up a ton of new stuff on the site, guys. This one's pretty cool, especially because our uh, loud is louder. The whole hundred thirty two decibels in the stadium uh, last week against Tennessee. If you were there, this is kind of the commemorative shirt to remind yourself of just how bad your ears were hurting when you left the stadium. Uh, so many like, people that went to that were like, you know, I'm hoarse, but it's my ears that are ringing. Yes. Uh, you got this. I love this hoodie right here. So you got the Maverick hoodie with their uh, three stripes. That is a really sick hoodie. Like I said, this is kind of a uh, just a thin hoodie here with the with the logo on it. But guys, if you need any merch, especially coming up for a SEC championship, you want to look like you've definitely got the newest swag out there. Go over to the 76.com and use code POS22. Again, guys, the76.com. When you check out, use POS22. That gets you 20% off of your next 76 order, guys. We appreciate those guys over at 76. They're true fans. This isn't Amazon, though, guys. It's going to take some time to get you your product, but once you get it, you'll be highly satisfied. Like I said, got this one on. I've got another shirt underneath it from those guys, and I've got another swag bag coming in with some new stuff uh, for the rest of the season. So those guys over at 7-6 do a great job. Like Roddy? Three, three Georgia fans over there putting this stuff together, so give them some time when you put your order in. We, we sent, we've sent them a lot of uh, people, so it takes them a minute to get it. Plus, some you know some stuff they run out of, but just be patient with them. They'll get it to you. Yep, they will take care of you. Again, guys, the 7-6, use code POS22. POS22 gets you 20% off. What's next on the docket here? Actually, I, I have another interesting coaching scenario to throw out, kind of a wild one. Do you guys think, because Alabama, they might move on with coordinators. Do you think Glenn Schumann would jump at being the D.C. at Alabama? Because I think it's an interesting question. Because some people say no and some say yes, because that's his alma mater. And if Alabama says, hey, you come here. No, they're they're going to hire Jeremy Pruitt as their defensive coordinator. Oh, that's oh, that's Auburn's next new coach. Oh, there we go. Hey, guess who was at the uh, Auburn Texas A and M game? I saw on Twitter. Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> he, he was eating a bucket of popcorn in the stands, uh, wearing a blue pullover, not with any logos or anything insignias. It's just a bull, blue pullover. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was in the stands of the uh, Auburn Texas A and M. Game. Just to give a little more <laughs> juice. I totally forgot that too. You said Jeremy I mean, Pruitt out of out of fun, but he was there. Can you pull up that uh, picture of the guy standing behind the uh, tree going soon? Right, right. I'm trying to find the. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. 
Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Blood in the water at Auburn and Texas A&M. He's like, I'm going to get one of these jobs. I don't know which one. One of these jobs is mine. Right? Um, Goodness. Oh, boy. That would be. That would be tough. That would be tough for the old uh, folks. Or I feel bad for the folks at Auburn. I like I liked Pruitt, uh, but the stuff that he did wasn't the wasn't the best. I think uh, I think Alabama is going to hire him and they're going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money because it works. He he at Alabama makes that defense better. And I've I didn't I thought he was overrated for a while. You know, and I thought some of the stuff he did was some especially some stuff I found out that he was doing at Georgia, but. I don't think he's cut out to be a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, as a recruiter, he's good. And again, that could be why we're like, oh, Alabama's done. Well, no, a couple good hires are right back in it. What the Jerry Pruitt at the Auburn Texas Stadium game. He just got does he does he have some popcorn? He's got some popcorn right there, baby. That's he's his time. Blue pull that, over. That's the gift, man. Eating popcorn, just waiting for to see what what comes out. Yep. Eating, you know, got the coach's shoes on, the coach's slacks. Blue pullover. Next thing you know, he's he's the next head coach at Auburn. Just standing there, he's, he's got the he he skipped the concessions with the uh, QR code there. Got himself some popcorn and a uh, Coke, and it's going to be the next coach at Auburn. Confirmed here first. Oh, someone said Coach O to Auburn. They need a championship level coach. Oh, well, Coach O. Jeez. Uh, back to this Georgia game though, because I mean this forty-five nineteen. You uh. Gave up six points on a punt return right before the half, but your defense locked in again. Uh, we haven't gone over the defensive guys yet. Like I said, Smile Munden led the team with eight tackles. Malachi Starks also had eight tackles. Jalen Carter, good God, seven tackles, one sack, tackle and a half uh, for a loss. Quarterback Hurry. How much How money much- did he make tonight? Oh, man, I was just about to say that. How much money did he make tonight? I mean, he, I think – Right now, Jalen Carter is the best player in college football. Yeah, I would agree. Because Will Anderson, did Will Anderson have a sack today? I don't know if you oh, would have that stat. So. I, I haven't even really been. No, I do him. know against Tennessee, against Texas A&M, and against Texas, I believe Will Anderson did not get a sack. Think about That's those one-score cool. games they won or lost. Didn't get so a sack. Got, I don't know about uh, today. Will, and LSU, Will's I think, might have had half sack. Will's got seven sacks right now, total. Yeah, but did he get one today? Because I know between those four close games, he had like half a sack over those four stretches. So against no the idea. worst teams like Vanderbilt and them, he would get like two sacks. So his numbers actually aren't as strong when you look at the teams he played. Um, yeah, I he got a sack today. He did? Yeah. Okay. Um, when I look at today, Jalen Carter, you guys are talking about the two best players, each side of the ball. I think it was the lad McConkey and Jalen Carter. Because Jalen Carter, noticeably compared to all the other defensive linemen, which some played well today, um, was just different. You know, with the defensive backs and the linebackers, a lot of them similar. Jalen Carter's just different than everyone in his position group at Georgia. And the lad McConkie went off today. And the honorable mention would be Darnell Washington because what he did, he was basically the best run blocker, and that included the offensive line. He was like the best run blocker today. He was effective in the pass game. So he would be my third man, you know, I guess I don't know how you what term to use but it would go Lad McConkey and Jalen Carter, and then Darnell would be the third guy for me for today's game. Well, that's a good point. Uh, speaking of him, I was thinking, let's say 
depending on the teams that are picking on what they need. Maybe first team needs a quarterback and the second team needs a wide receiver. Sometimes you don't – if you're the best player, you don't get picked right away based on what they need. So let's say he was the seventh pick coming into this games tonight. Could be fair. You could see a couple of quarterbacks go, see a couple of o, o tackles, Will Anderson, and then Carter. So, yeah. All right. So he's, he's seventh. Then all of a sudden you see what he's doing. You're like, man, we, the guy that, you know, the guy that used to be our great defensive tackle, you know, our three technique, our five technique, he's getting a little long in tooth, you know. What if we trade him in the offseason somewhere else? Now all of a sudden he goes fifth. So the difference between being taken seventh and fifth in the NFL is about $7 million. That's guaranteed too. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying is – the way that money jumps up, the second round pick or second overall pick versus number nine, you wouldn't think is that big a difference. You know, it's $14 million from second to ninth. Yeah. Paul, if I was your Falcons, you know what I would do? I would take, if I had a top three pick, you know what? I would take them over a quarterback. Here's why. I think the best quarterback in college football is not in this year's draft. I think it's Drake May in next year's draft. I take a position. I take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. If you have to tank, like look at your Falcons. I don't think they're going to be any good for a couple of years. You tank, whatever. Next year you get your quarterback the year after. Because I think Drake May and Caleb Williams are that there's, good. There's stuff you can do in the offseason too. You know, maybe you trade for a guy that's established. The point being Damn right. Damn right. This the point. My point is, I think that a night like you saw Jalen Carter had today, because the dip, the difference with him in the game was so stark. When, excuse me, and out. Oh, yeah. Night and day. We saw them against Tennessee. How much money did he make forcing two fumbles against Tennessee? Slapping a uh, guard around and then knocking the quarterback to the ground with just a big meat paw. I'm thinking this guy made money last week and he made more money tonight. So and he's going to, and he's going to make. He's going to make more against Kentucky. He's going to make more against Tech. I mean, you can't stop this guy. He had the ankle injury on the first play. Then he had the MCL. Stuff like that makes can be a difference in you dropping a little bit. You know, maybe one or two spots. Like, wow, he played his most snaps against Tennessee last week. He played every time he was in the game tonight. It was night and day. What did uh, Dane come on and say? Dane's like, look, we we asked uh, Will uh, uh, Robinson about him. Like not every team has a uh, Will Rogers, excuse me, Will Rogers about him. Not every team has a Jalen Carter. Well, shit, there you go. This is a guy who, uh, when he's in there, again, you had three first-round draft picks on the defensive front go to the draft. Jalen Carter wasn't even your starter last year. But everyone on the team, even though you had five first-round draft picks on defense, everyone says, well, their best player is Jalen Carter. So. Brent Rollins, uh, I, I know this name here, says, uh, bet Carter gets drafted over Anderson, dot, dot, dot. He's too Dude, rare. Yeah. Oh, you know why? The, yeah. When everyone looks at the NFL, there's a lot of elite edge rushers. Tell me how many elite pass rushers from the interior there are on the NFL. There's Aaron, Aaron Donald. Aaron, there isn't yeah. very any other guys, really. That, that When you have an elite pass rusher from the interior, a defensive tackle, what about a, like a, a five technique, two. there's barely any of them that are that elite. That edge, yeah, there's a lot two. of elite edge guys, but if you two get an interior big, rusher that's that elite, it's rare. You're not going to get a chance to get a guy like that. Sue, Sue's really big compared to Carter, I think. I think – Nadam Kansus. I'm saying he still gets the same thing, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, look how long he's 
look how long he's made it in the league, you know. I don't, I don't know if he's playing anymore, but I, I think, I think he is. He was one of the guys. He was there's only like two or three like all world interior rushers. There's usually like a little bit, and I'm saying there's not always like infinite edge rushers either, but I'm just saying that there's a lot more edge rushers in the NFL that are elite and interior rushers. There's not that many guys that you could say, okay, this guy might be able to get double digit sacks as a D tackle. You guys, great. Jerry, he's one of the top three in the NFL, you know? And hey, we got we to gotta give a shout out to Grady Jarrett, Rockdale County High School's finest, baby. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Hey, let me mention Grady Jarrett. He's going to get on the show, baby. Nope. Uh, Andrew Wagner says, assuming Jamal Jarrett, ever since uh, we've been landing top three classes the last five years, I haven't followed recruiting as closely, so I know it's going to be a great class. Jamal Jarrett, I think, is the next in line. I mean, Jamal Jarrett looks like almost a clone of Jordan Davis. He's a nose. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, Georgia keeps producing these guys on the D-line. It's – well, speaking of D-line, I'm going to give a shout-out to that uh, Jaguar package they were running with Michael Williams and Jalen Walker, you know, both of them. Yeah. Are just bringing it. So two true freshmen bringing the heat on third down. Early in the year, you had uh, those guys out there and um, uh, Bear uh, Alexander. I thought that was a pretty – again, three freshmen on your money down. That was your three rush guys. Bear Alexander also had a pressure tonight. I don't know if they credited him with one, but he was in uh, Will Rogers' space. That guy, if he keeps his weight down and keeps his speed, I was a little worried about him because he bounced around some schools, you know, and you're watching his tape, you're like, this, this kid could be a huge get. And everyone talks about how great Bear is, but also, he, where is he? You know, what's going to happen when he when he shows up? Guy's been fantastic. So that's another guy to keep an eye on is Bear. Because uh, you got to wonder, I mean, that who is your next star on that defensive front is tough mm-hmm. because – Probably Michael would be my guess. Yeah, Michael's going to be a monster. And we're not even talking about uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I mean, I thought he had a good game against Tennessee, but just kind of wait for him to have his big breakout. Didn't so, play too much tonight. George, George on tap says, you think Bear's happy he came to UGA instead of a <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine. And Harold Perkins. Look, Harold Perkins is committed to A&M. And he's probably like, ooh, look, he dodged a bullet here. I Man, Harold Perkins. God, that class could have been even nasty. That class could have been a fifty million dollar class with Perkins and Bear Alexander. But the guys who left, those guys are going to transfer. Hit the transfer portal. Oh yeah, how many of those guys are are not even on the team anymore? That you know got caught smoking. Roddy, they had five five stars on their defensive line. They got three hundred yards. Got rushed on them tonight by Auburn with an interim head coach. Like that is a joke. That is such a joke. You had three Auburn runs for three hundred yards on you. You just signed a five star D lineman. What'd you say? Well, with all those yards tank, I didn't see the game. Oh, I don't. I didn't either. I'll have to check. But I remember I saw the end of the game. They said they had three hundred yards of rushing, and I'm like, this level of D line. Laser says, uh, I just want to know where my boy Paul Meharry has been. I haven't talked to him since the Natty game last year. I'm right here, brother. Been here uh, every week. Where have you been, my friend? Uh, we're here oh, every week. This is now the policy. Oh, they, they had 270 because they kept running backwards and taking knees. But uh, Bigsby uh, and Hunter, so Tank, they both had over 120. And then Ashford had only 47, but he took a bunch of knees that lost him like six yards. 
the end of the game. Uh, so. The reason we'll talk about them, I mean, you know, we've spent some time speaking about the SEC and, you know, where how some of that coaching stuff might work out. I remember speaking to someone within the program and I was like, you know, hey, right now Georgia's could land the number one class. And he told me weeks out from signing days, like it's going to be Texas A&M with your rankings, you know, making kind of not being disparaging against rivals, but just knowing how he, they don't really care about the team rankings and such, because the worst thing you do is be number one in the team rankings and everyone expects you to win a title. It puts, puts more pressure on you. you know, so it's like, you've got to hit on these. In other words, there's no excuse, you know, there's, there's no way to go but down. Uh, but he said, look, it's going to be Texas A&M. They're, they're just doing such a better job than everybody else when it comes to NIL. And I'm like, well, they're not allowed to give money directly to the players. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But point being, I said, man, that sucks because I know you had a really good relationship with the, a lot of these guys that you missed out on, you know. And he goes, yeah, but we'll see him in the portal. The guy freaking called it yeah. before signing day last year. That Texas A&M, not that they were going to have this kind of a meltdown, but he's like, there's that level of recruiting to that. Basically going out, if you go out and buy a bunch of mercenaries, they're not coming for the culture. They're not buying in. They're being bought. And yeah. at the first sign of any adversity, and they weren't expecting a three and seven season, but they're like, man, a lot of these kids are going to get there. They're going to realize with all those five stars you're talking about, I'm not playing. I'll put my name back in the portal. Everybody else will show up with new NIL deals for me. Yeah. If I go to, if I go visit UNC, they'll show me a great uh, NIL thing. If I go to Auburn, they'll show me NIL. If I go to Georgia, they'll show me NIL. In other words, you can get a sign for the school you want to go to, and then you pop back in the portal. Everybody comes up with new deals. It's like getting yeah. a new contract. So he's like, it's just unfeasible what Texas A&M did. So. If somebody wants to call up that uh, big $30 million signing class, I know it's a rumor. No one ever confirmed that. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher said that didn't happen. But you can look at that and see some of those guys that Georgia was second for in there. You know, it's like, hey, Georgia's hat's on the table to pick up the A&M hat. And Georgia was like, my runner-up. They might not be runner-up in round two. So, yeah, that's Here's why somebody doesn't burn a bridge. How hard do you think they go in the portal, though, Roddy? Because I remember Kirby last week was like, hey, not a single guy from the portal. These are guys who wanted to come to Georgia from the jump. He said that last week after the game against Tennessee. So I'm curious. I think Kirby's philosophy, which he's shown in years past, is he's only going to take a portal guy if that guy's starting, basically. Oh, well, he's yeah. basically in the rotation every week. So no, You don't take a guy in the portal unless he starts because you're, you you know, you've wasted your uh, initial counter. Yeah. Yeah. So but there's not initial counters anymore, though. Yeah, but you got to. I mean, the, the back in the past, that was his right system. And he's like, now I don't want to deal with that. If I bring a guy in, he's. I don't want him to sit here for two, three years. If I'm gonna bring in uh, Eli Wolf. I want him to play. You know, which he did. Uh, uh, who's that other tight end they brought in? That. Oh, uh, Trey McKitty. Yeah, like bring him McKitty. McKitty plays. Lawrence Cager. Yeah, danger, absolutely. You know, um, the only up. one that hasn't, the only one yeah. that hasn't hit in terms of transfers, I think, is Tyke Smith. Uh, that you know, he needed him today when Bullard went down. So he did he? Uh, he had six tackles. Today. Who who was the D lineman that they got from Notre Dame or like one of the first couple years? Oh yeah, that was oh, another one that man. I was like he didn't he didn't play too much. But that was like Kirby's first or, or second transfer, second transfer, I think. Oh, I can see his face too. Yeah, but he played. Then, he played. 
Yeah, the guy he brought from Alabama, I mean, uh, Maurice Smith, wound up being a team captain. So uh, you get, get to bring in the guys who are going to – Jay Rome. No, it wasn't Jay Rome. Jay yeah. Rome was the tight end out of – uh, Oh, wait, so, someone said that. Jay Hayes. Jay Hayes. Jay Hayes there. That's it. Yeah. That was the guy. You expected him to play. You didn't realize what he, what was coming with that. He has some baggage with him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fully convinced that I'm not going to put uh, Gilbert in that category yet. The point being, one great year. Does Georgia have an elite wide receiver? No. No. If 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 there's an elite wide receiver, if Luther Burton goes in the portal, what does Georgia do? Make, Snags make, him up. You, you take Evan him. Stewart. He's at AM. Uh -huh. See, there you go. So, point being, I, and I don't think, uh, I think Georgia, when it comes to running backs right now, they're basically going Justice or Portal. I know they've got some other offers out there. They got some guys they're watching. They got some plan B's and plan C's. But I think when it comes to running back in this class, they're like, hey, well, uh, we're going to flip uh, Justice Haynes. If we don't get him, we'll go to the Portal. You know, if not, we'll stick with what we got. So they didn't have a ton of room. I mean, Kirby's like pounding his chest. Yeah, we didn't take anybody in the portal. Well, he didn't have a whole lot of spots, to be honest. But also, uh, you know, there just weren't that many guys that they could contribute. And I can give you a preview of my next column, the one that I'll write this uh, for ahead of Kentucky, will be about how uh, I did Kirby Smart's coaching tree this past week and how many guys he's put out there for just seven years in. He's got four head coaches. Uh, it's going to be about how different guys step up. They develop them. You know, we talked about Kamari Lasser earlier, the development mm -hmm. he's had. Javon Bullard kind of coming out of nowhere yeah. and to be the absolute monster that he is. Michael Williams starting as a true freshman. It's always Devin Willick killing people at left guard. He's just there's, – there's like a new name every week, you know. And think about it. George has lost three starters on the defensive front. You know, you had uh, William Poole gone – Nolan Smith out, uh, Dan, the man, you know, Dirty Dan Jackson out. Yeah. The defense is still nasty. He lost, what, eight starters to the NFL? Oh, they're still one of the top defenses in the nation. Point being, uh, the player development is good. So if you are a top player and you're at a school that's just not, not only not winning, but you don't feel like you're getting better each week, you're going to look over and go, Damn, they, they're they're putting an offensive lineman in the NFL. They're putting cornerbacks in the NFL. They're putting running backs in the NFL. Do you see George Pickens? I want to go be George Pickens. So the transfer portal is you want to go play for a winner, and you want to play for a team that's setting records in a NFL draft picks. Not totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, I think – let's see. Illinois – was the number one scoring defense. Yeah. So Georgia is now the number one scoring defense uh, in the nation. They were two. Uh, they're now number one. Illinois was over them by three points given up, uh, but they gave up 31 to Purdue. Georgia gave up 19. So Georgia is now the top scoring defense. So I would have to do the math and average it out. Do the math. They might, they might not. But also, wait, does special teams count against the defense? I mean, I total points. Yeah. Points allowed. Yeah. Um, they're yeah, they're they're yeah, they're ahead now. They're ahead. They're number one. They're number one. Let's see. I'll do the math for you, but they're number do one. I, you know, the last time Alabama had a top ten scoring defense was twenty eighteen. 
which is to me is just shocking that they're going to go four straight years to the top 10 scoring defense, Alabama. And you think about it and you're like, Kirby's had twice the amount of top 10 scoring defenses as Alabama since he's left. And if he wins yeah, the title, wonder, everyone talks about Saban was a lot of his success due to Kirby smart. It was. I think if Kirby wins the title this year, like I said earlier, same amount of championships since Kirby's left, that being two. If Here he you was go, uh, Georgia, 116 points given up. Uh, Illinois, man, I just had the number. I'm so dumb. 11.6 per game. 11.6 per game. Uh, Illinois now has uh, 12.5. 12.5. 11.6. Georgia is now almost a point higher, and they are uh, best in the nation. So there you go. There's a stat for you. Breaking stat. Uh, I don't break stats very often. Oh, my goodness. Michigan might be right there, too. No, they're beat. Oh, no, Michigan is. Oh, no. Michigan's – they gave up three points today. So, Michigan is the highest. Michigan's 11.2. Georgia's 11.6. Damn it. Don't take don't take any of this uh, – don't take any of this serious. Michigan only gave up three today. Okay, let's say Michigan beats Ohio State. Let's see it in the comments. Georgia faces Michigan again. What is the outcome? These are two different teams. What happens? I'll give you my opinion while we're waiting on those comments to come in. They Let's see it, Jermaine. Georgia on tap, D. Brown, Laser. They're really good at running the ball. Quarterback play is not great. No. Not great at all. Uh, but very, very good at running the ball. They are, I want to say, let's see here. I can give you, yeah. They're the top team, according to PFF, uh, in running. 94.1 is their run grade. Uh, For reference, Georgia is 90.6 at 15 in run. But, yeah, they are the highest graded out run run offense, and then they also are the highest graded out defense uh, on PFF compared to Georgia being 21st. So, I don't know. Forty six, thirteen, Jermaine. I don't. Georgia's built. Around, man. I'm honestly, I'm not saying that big of a margin, but I don't think Michigan could beat Georgia because of how they're built. A team that runs the ball is not going to beat Georgia or Kirby team that's built on running the football. They, they are not. They're not built to beat Georgia. Also, their schedule is one of the worst in the country. Their non-conference yeah. schedule, the toughest team they played in their non-conference was Hawaii. They've played Penn State, was the only ranked team they've beaten that's been ranked at any point. Like, they've played nobody. Let's be, their schedule's a joke. And also, the, with how they're built, I think Georgia would beat them by, like, three scores. Now, Ohio State, that's a team that would scare me. That if Ohio State's on, that's a team that scares you. And Tennessee, listen, I know what Georgia did to them last time, but Tennessee motivated with film. There's never been two teams that have played twice in a top five matchup, and that team's won both times. And Tennessee is going to be motivated, obviously, like I said, with the film, and it's going to be on a neutral site. So the the crowd that Georgia would have wouldn't be as large still. So those are the two teams that I think could give Georgia a fight. I don't think anybody else can with how they're built and the talent. Those two teams could scare Georgia a bit. Yeah. Go ahead, Roddy. I mean, Miss Mary says Michigan feels so slow if UGA scores are done. I kind of see it. The, the only qualification I had there, Miss Mary, was that you lost a lot of the guys from that team that whipped Michigan last time. And Michigan's 
uh, hopefully, if you're a Michigan fan, you're better than you were the year before when you, you made it to the playoffs. Then you build on that. You try to get better and better. But I don't think you fix the speed disparity in one year, mainly because some of the guys you have in – yeah, you had three really fast uh, linebackers. Got it's Smile Munden all over the place. We talked about him earlier in the show. Pop, uh, Dumas Johnson, everywhere. Uh, Kamari Lasser, some of the guys in your secondary are really fast. Malachi Starks can fly. Chris Smith can fly. Uh, Javon Bullard can fly. He's tough against the run. I'm thinking that you still have that speed dis, uh, disparity that uh, favors Georgia in a matchup with those guys. And like Ben was saying, I don't think Michigan's really played anybody. They'll play their, – their schedule so far has been terrible. Who do they have next? They have uh, Illinois, Illinois next week. Yeah. They have Illinois next week. So, I mean, it, that's still not great. That's Also, though, Michigan, no Hutchinson, no Ajabo. Like, they don't yeah. have those two elite rushers. I mean, look at the Jim Harbaugh teams. They've had Uche. They've had those two, Quiddy Pay. Like, they've had elite rushers. This year, I don't see an all-world pass rush from Michigan. Now, they haven't played anybody, but I don't see a national name or a first-round draft pick on their defense that stands out. And that's why, like, you look at them, you say Blake Corum, maybe a couple of their linemen, but outside of that, it's like, where are these elite NFL players? Georgia's got – I can name you a bunch of guys that could be picked in the first round from Georgia. Michigan, I can't really name you any. I can't. Ohio State, I can name you some. Tennessee, they had a quarterback that's still putting up unreal numbers with two really good receivers and a unique offense. There's nothing outside of the run game that if Georgia zeroes in on it, stands out about Michigan. There just isn't. <laughs> this uh, comment from Jermaine says, on second thought, I hope AD will be back. You can't trust what Kirby says. Uh, Andrew Wagner, AD could have gone back in, though. Man, <laughs> I, I had a text from a buddy – during the game, he said, "Is eighty still on the team?" Question mark. I mean, like, where? He didn't travel this time. I'm saying, like, where is this guy, man? That's got to be, yeah. That's got to be right. Roddy's worst nightmares when all the coaches always say day to day when you know that they're going to be out for like a month at Dude, least. Was, that's got to be the worst feeling. <laughs> and I know Roddy. Well, I think it was a guy with a Liz Frank injury that we we broke the news on, and Kirby's like, "He's day to day." I'm like, Kirby, would you just admit that his foot's broken? <laughs> or something, and I was losing my mind because he did it for like three or four days, and I'm like, "Look, we were we broke the news. We break more news about recruiting and stuff like that than anybody, especially injuries." And I'm like, "No, I know this guy, Ked. I mean, he's on crutches in a boot or something like that. I, I don't even remember who it was, but Kirby's like, yeah, he's day to day, and or." Oh, I haven't talked to him today. I'll get an update later. So, like, that was the Monday opportunity. Then Tuesday, he's like, he's day-to-day. I'm like, being alive? Yeah, but playing for you? No. So, here's my thing about AD. If he had the high ankle sprain, you saw how quickly they got Arian Smith back, and I was really wanting them to try to go to him again tonight because he had the tightrope surgery where they put the thing into your tendon there for your high ankle sprain. I'm like, well, hell, at this point, you might as well just do that for him. I know he had a thumb injury, too, A.D. Mitchell did, but I'm like, if it's still the ankle injury, shit, just give him that surgery and, you know, start working on getting him back ready for next year. It's frustrating. George on tap says save A.D. till the SEC championship game. Didn't you kind of do that? Huh? Will he be any good? 
Yeah, so I'm saying, didn't you kind of do that with Pickens and you didn't get the production out of him? No. I think you would want to get the production out of him, right? Pickens was a worse injury, but at the same time, you want him to get his feet wet. He's got to play some because, yeah. I mean, you want him to go back out there. He's running wrong routes. He's slow. He's basically a non-factor in a conference championship game. First time, that's not smart. Yeah. Or maybe comes back lights out, but I just, I just don't know. I'm kind of worried about him. Um, hey, we're going to bring on uh, Corey. Corey Satterfield. Just one second here. Let me take – oops. Not what I want to do. Roddy wants to do his Charlie Steiner impression day to day. Aren't we all day to day? <laughs> Can you all hear me? What's up, Corey? Hey, Corey. Everything good? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, theoretically, if Georgia were to lose the uh, the SEC championship, does that mean that Tennessee would not make the playoffs? Well, that, yeah, that's tough. If that's TCU tough. wins out, yes. yes. TCU wins out, yes. But does that put LSU in? That's the thing. It does. Yes. If that happened, that means LSU would be the first two-loss team to make the playoffs. Yep. So, Corey, I, I came up with this exact scenario on the dog vent and got – I, I did it as a joke, but apparently I was told, don't joke about this. It's like joking about someone's mom. I said, Kirby – I said, what if Georgia throws the SEC championship game? Yeah, sorry you did just that. Play, just, I would – I would not do it. I would do it just to not play Tennessee again because I would not want to do that again. <laughs> because it is the greatest hole of all time. Yes, it's extremely hard to beat a team twice. Yeah. But here's the thing though, with, with Kirby, he wants those like he even said it after the national championship. He was like, Yeah, we won the natty, but I didn't get an SEC championship. It's like that's what? what that's what he said. The whole theme of this, like this whole team is they want to win the SEC championship. That is their one goal this season is you to win the SEC won. championship. Yes. But so, yeah, so you have to. You have to try this will be his fifth trip in seven years, and he's got one. He's got one in 2017. Yeah, Paul, imagine how dreadful this would be. He's the one seed. Tennessee's the four. Ohio State's the two, and they get to play TCU. They're the two seed, and they get TCU as the three. Imagine how lucky that would be. It'd be like you want to be the two seed, like win yeah. by one point against LSU and pray Ohio State beats Michigan by 60 and the committee goes, oh, put them number one. That's like what that's I hate. You would have to pray for. The Michigan and Ohio State rankings are really messing up this whole thing, in my yeah. opinion. Because, so, I don't know. Is it, can you can crazy. you get – Can is there a world – I mean, we saw Oregon lose, so they're out. You still have uh, USC and UCLA that are one-loss teams over I, – I don't know if UCLA is winning right now, but USC I know for sure – Still a one-loss team. They have to, you know, go through the Pac-12. They're, those two teams. You have North Carolina, who is a one-loss uh, ACC team. You have Clemson, that's a one-loss ACC team. Is there a world where, I guess, what I'm trying to get at, is there a world where you have a one-loss Pac-12 and a one-loss ACC, and you don't put them in because you have Georgia, let's say Michigan or Ohio State, Georgia, Ohio State, TCU. And you have a one-loss ACC or Pac-12, but you put Tennessee in over them? I I, I can't see the committee. There's another that. scenario, Paul. If Michigan and Ohio State end in a field goal game in overtime, I think they might put one of them in over Tennessee. Yeah, Because yeah. Tennessee, by what some well, of the experts have said, they got smacked by Georgia. If you're telling me Michigan and Ohio State are that close of a game in overtime and they think that those two teams are that closely, they might give them the nod. Because their loss would look not bad at all, and they still look yeah. like a team deserving. Then, then so again, it also goes down scenario. to the schedule. Corey, you, you seem locked into this, man. Who, who's mm-hmm. the uh, 
in my scenario there, you got Georgia, winner of Michigan, Ohio State, TCU wins out. Uh, but you also have a one-loss ACC and a one-loss Pac-12. But you, and you have Tennessee. Who's the fourth? And before you answer that, remember, all there are a lot of conference presidents who were yeah. really picked off that Georgia and Alabama both got in last year, and that you had multiple years of, you know, two teams when the, when there's only four spots and you have five conferences, and then one yeah. conference takes up two spots. That's that means you have three that are really pissed off. Here's what I think. I think the winners of every conference championship should go to the playoffs, no matter what, regardless. Well, right now you can't. Right now you can't. I know. You that's what I'm saying. That's what, yeah. And what's even more crazy is that they want to do 12-team playoffs after this. Yeah. So that's going to cause even more drama. So, yeah. I don't know. The fourth team is really always the hardest one to pick, no matter and the And it situation. could be the toughest matchup for Georgia. Paul, mm-hmm. take the ACC champ out. Because if it's Clemson, like Clemson, is, there's no shot. But UNC is going to UNC is going to move up to. They beat Wake. Based on, I feel like based on strength of schedule, I think Tennessee is probably going to get number four. Man, yeah, who won that uh, Wake UNC game? UNC did. UNC. Or the only chance I can see it is UCLA or is USC. USC is the only chance if USC comes out, dominates UCLA, and dominates in the Pac-12 championship game. If they dominate, and their defense is awful, USC. If they dominate the rest of the way and their only losses by one point, maybe they could get in over Tennessee. That's a big maybe. I still think it's going to be Tennessee, but that's your only look. Man, when was okay? USC. When was the last time somebody can help me in the comments because my memory is terrible. It's that of a goldfish, or you can maybe help Corey or Ben. When was the last time a Pac-12 team got in the playoff? Uh, Oregon. What year? Oh no, I think maybe Washington. No, it was Oregon. It was Oregon against. uh, It was 2015. 25th, okay, seven years the Pac-12 has not had a team in, and you're telling me that they're not going to stand on the table for their one-loss USC over Tennessee that didn't play yeah. in the championship game? Seven know. years, they finally know. have a team. They finally okay. have a team they can put in, and they're, they're the playoffs going to skip over them? Oh, no, Washington was the last one, 2016, when Even, they lost okay, to Alabama. Six years, six years. Dang. Six, seven, tomato, tomato. Hey, Corey, yeah. what happens when a – in the fellow football team clinches a playoff berth. Mm. And but they got a few games left in the regular season, but they can't win like home field advantage or anything like that. Oh, that's tough. What, what what happens when the same in major league baseball? Start benching your starters, right, Corey? Yeah. I mean, that's what every team does. Really. I'm just saying when it's like, oh, we're in the playoffs. Yeah. Can we win a couple games? Well, if we win a couple games, we just it helps our record, but it doesn't give us home field advantage or anything like that. We've won our division. We've won whatever. Let's prepare for the playoffs. Oh, but we yeah. still got two games left. We got one game left. Well, we're gonna we'll run our starters up there for their first couple series. Then we pull everybody. We well, lose, but, doesn't matter. So well, like, the point being yeah. is, you go into the SEC championship game, and Georgia has been beset by injuries. Yeah. If if. if and I, like I said, I put this on the board as a joke. I'm like, this would be the greatest troll Kirby would ever do. Now, he won't do it. Absolutely. He, he won't, won't win the SEC title. Mm. He would never give up a game. But I'm like, he would have to be crazy to do it. Absolutely. But I could see him go, you know, I don't want Jalen Carter to get hurt before the playoffs. I don't want Stetson to get hurt before the playoffs. You know, this gives us a chance to try to win the SEC title with my other players who I need to get ready for next year. So, hey, Carson, yeah. you're up, you know. Hell no. Me, you're Hell up. No. You go, baby. And then all of a sudden, hey, LSU won. Oh, no, LSU, are their SEC champs, they're in. 
but we went 12 and 0. <laughs> we were number one. So we're going to get in it because Kirby wants to be number one and play in Atlanta. You know, he wants that option to do that. So he won't yeah. do it. But I'm just thinking, I could just see the Tennessee fans losing their damn minds going, You're throwing the game, you bastard. <laughs> Knowing that if yeah. Georgia uh, wins, then they're in. LSU is out. So that takes them out of it. There's no chance for them to get in. And then they're looking at everybody else. But man, if Georgia lost that game, I don't say through it, but. You know, you don't try your hardest just to piss Tennessee off. It'd be the greatest troll of all time. How cold I, do you think it will be in Lexington next week? Ooh. Uh, let's see. I think it's going to be pretty cold. Cold as which It was sleeting over there today, I think. Yeah, it's 32 degrees today. Next Saturday looks like a low of 20, a high of 37. That's – Oh, got to be a fun game. It's yeah. my kind of weather. I'm planning on going to that game. I have credentials for it because uh, I think it was some for some reason we didn't. Uh, I don't know. I was supposed to go to that one. I think that might be one where we try to get the uh, credential changed over to somebody else on staff. Yeah, I'll do the, I'll do the, I'll do the watch along show with Coach. I know. I know. Roddy is not a cold weather guy. I remember yeah, my I first phone on. call ever with Roddy was about the weather, and I just remember he's like. No, my blood pressure, no shot of going out in the cold. Anything let's below just, 50 let's degrees. Let's send Ben no B down there. Let's send Ben B to, to Kentucky and see what comes of it. That That's my kind of weather. I'm probably about – me and probably Jed. I mean, Jed's also like an Ohio guy. So. He gets below 90 degrees. I'm not happy. Uh, have you all ever heard the story about how Kirby Smart and Peyton Manning met each other? Kirby picked him off, didn't he? No, I'm talking about like before they played against each other. Uh-uh. No. It was a so, high school visit, I think. Yeah, he was. They were. They were. They were scouted by uh, Steve Spurrier at Florida, and the, he basically invited him to take an official visit. And Steve Spurrier offered Peyton Manning a scholarship, and Kirby as a walk-on. He didn't want to give Kirby a scholarship at all, and Kirby was pissed off apparently after that. And Peyton said they, after that visit, they went out and drank a couple beers to cool his mind off. Huh. Yeah, I mean that that relationship for those guys go way back. Goes yeah. way back. Um, and he got on the sidelines for the Georgia game, you know, Tennessee game. So there, there are things that happen on the recruiting trail like that that will permanently tick you off against a coach. I mean, I, I can't think of that. There's a very, really good Tennessee linebacker that went to came to a camp at Georgia, didn't get offered at the camp. I remember seeing him in the Georgia parking lot, just bawling his eyes out and screaming. He was so pissed off. Then he got uh, late in the recruiting cycle. He got offered by Tennessee, went to Tennessee, and every time he played Georgia, he absolutely played them like – he's from Georgia. Played them like a maniac. He wanted to come to Georgia, and sometimes a slight like that, guys will remember it. Some guys just don't give a damn, but it's funny bring that story up, Corey, because, yeah. Did y'all watch the end of the uh... – You never know what's going to come back to bite you. Did y'all watch the end of the Missouri-Tennessee game? I did not. But so, I heard that I heard uh, Heupel. Yeah, I heard he put on uh, put on some extra points. Yeah, he did not but, want to take a knee at all. Yeah. So what happened? So for those that were watching the Georgia, Joe, game? they basically were throwing the ball. They weren't running the clock out or anything. Towards the end, there was like there was like forty seconds left, and Tennessee was just throwing the ball on them all day. <laughs> I think Joe yeah. Milton threw like a sixty-something yard pass to him, like on the in the red zone. Yeah, and instead of taking a knee, instead of taking a knee, he just. Scored a touchdown again. Wow. They, okay, so they beat uh, – for those that didn't watch the game, Tennessee beat Missouri 66-24, to 24, and Tennessee dropped 17 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, sheesh. 
That's rough. Do you know why? No. Because he's, I guess, style points. He's trying to get style points. Well, I don't know. It, it was senior night, but, like, it's an unwritten rule of football. I mean, come on. Wasn't there something that uh, uh, was said by the Missouri coach there, Drinkwitz, about Tennessee having to vacate some wins or something mid-season? I don't, honestly, I don't like Drinkwitz. I don't. I don't remember that comment, but I'm sure yeah, I had a comment something like that. So I think he, there might that might have been one of those uh, that little, uh, bad blood. Exactly. Yeah. You said something I don't like, so I'm going to be a. You know, I'm going to drop 66 on you. And yeah. I don't know. I I don't like when you're just embarrassing a team like that. But then at the same time, I understand it. This is one of the things we banged Kirby on last year, maybe the year before. It's like, look, uh, stop being a nice guy, Kirby. Get your backup some experience. You know, when you especially when you're thin at quarterback or wide receiver or something like that. Keep throwing it. Keep running it. Get yeah. you know bring. Bring those second string guys in. Hey, we're going back to uh, Justin Fields. Don't bring Justin Fields in the game and just let him hand the damn ball off. Let him throw yeah. it. Stuff. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't embarrass anybody, but maybe you want to keep him on your roster. Let even, if they can't stop him, then they can't stop him. That's on yeah. you. Yeah, so I, I, I I'm up to minds about it. You know, uh, Corey, I just like I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to be a poor sport, but if you can't stop my second string guy, then Damn, that's on you, man. What's funny is that Missouri's next drive after that, they ran the ball. They didn't throw the ball once. They just gave <laughs> just up. Trying to go, just trying to go home. Yeah. Wasn't Drinkwitz the one who went at Mullen with the whole uh, Star Wars thing where he dressed up as Darth Vader or Mullen did, and then he brought out, like, the lightsaber, Drinkwitz, and he was like, oh, may the Force be with him after he beat Mullen. Yeah, after he beat Mullen. Yeah. 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 So I, th- I, think he, I think he might talk some shit, and that gets him yeah. in trouble. You know, I think yeah, that's they, that's his mo. Just to he talk just, well, he just got a contract play. extension, and then his uh, defensive coordinator just got a big raise. The same defensive coordinator just gave up sixty six points. Yeah, like seven. Yeah, they gave up seven hundred twenty four yards. Missouri did uh, nine point seven yards per play. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, oh, here it is. Drinkwitz uh, when he's on the Jim Rome show and talked about Pruitt and Tennessee. Yeah. So. Yep, there you go. There you have it. So, so there's a thank you, uh, Jay Rabdog. There, there's there's some backstory there. So, yeah. Uh, here's an interesting one for you, Corey. Answer this one: Who wins 2021 dogs versus 2020 2022 dogs versus 2021 dogs? 2021 had historically great defense with a very good offense. 2022 sounds very extremely balanced. Here's the thing about this question is that the 2021 dogs had more experience. I feel like than this yeah. team um, and knowing already what they've already done versus we don't know the potential yet for this team. Uh, I have to go 2021. No question. In my mind 2021 easily, yeah. especially if you get pickings too. And yeah. any degree, like your, even your offense is more talented. Yeah, and Jamari Sawyer's the, your most consistent lineman. Like if you but get Jamari Sawyer, then again, also know? Stetson's not as developed as he was in twenty one as he is now. So there, that's a good point. This he he would probably have a better time picking apart that twenty twenty one. Not I'll say picking apart, but he would be better at facing that twenty twenty one. But mm-hmm. I don't see how uh, Tate Ratledge, uh, Xavier Truss stop. Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Trayvon yeah. Walker. Speaking of trust, he's struggled a lot this game today. Yeah. Um, 
the the offensive line drives me crazy because sometimes they are dominant. And you see, especially yeah. this. Remember when uh, Dejan Edwards got held up and he got stripped? Mm-hmm. We've seen this over and over again where guys will wide uh, running backs kind of get held up, and then here come all these offensive linemen to push the pile. You know, yeah. and, and the minute he got held up, like oh, he's down. I'm like, uh, that's good. He looked good. He looked he's really good on that Kendall Milton run, though. I will mm-hmm. say, he looked really good on that Kendall Milton run. Yeah, the touchdown. They did. But point being, it's a. Uh, and then, then other times, this offensive line is just like go yeah. the Missouri game. Mm-hmm. It's like, can, I understand that they have one more guy than you're blocking. Some teams sell out to stop the run. Yeah, but some you know some of you are just getting whipped at the line of scrimmage. They're getting penetration hat on a hat. So it's not like you know they're coming from the uh, you know outside or something like that. You know they're bringing six versus your five. They're bringing five versus your five, and two of them are getting through. So, yeah, but then other times they just give. But was Stetson sacked today? Uh, I don't think so. He's no, once or twice. I mean, not a whole lot of pressure. So, other times their pass pro is better. Their pass, their pass walk is extremely uh significant than last year. Last year, the pass pro was weak. Yeah, he was running for his life a lot of games. So, point being. There's a lot to love about this 2021 team, but again, their best game is still ahead of them. And I'm hoping they're using it, they're saving it for the SEC championship game, first round of the playoffs, national title game. But I guess that's the point of our overreaction show is, man, they even when you have a 45-19 uh, win, it's, it's it, it could be better, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. And so a lot of our other people earlier in the show, I think uh, Anthony and God, people said this was a weird game. It was. First nope. half was definitely felt weird. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. You nailed it. All right. All right, Corey, uh, give us a couple game balls and then we'll let you go. Game balls? Yeah. Uh, two game first balls. First off, two game balls? Okay. You get two, yeah. Okay. First game ball, I got to go to Lab McConkey. No brainer. Without a doubt. Player uh, man went off. Considering like his recruiting stats, like when he came out of high school. Um, to see what he's become now is insane. Uh, second one, Small Munden. I'm gonna have to get that one to Small Munden because he stepped up a big time a lot in this game. So I like it. Those are my two. Oh, well, here's the Small Munden stats again. I will give it to you one more time. One more time. Let me see. Eight total tackles, five solos, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup, and one quarterback hurry all over the field. Yeah, it's a phenomenal yep. day. Yeah, good job, Corey. Hey, you all right, Corey. Thank you guys so much for having me. Y'all yeah, man. You, you are a great caller. <laughs> I can't get rid of him. Stop. Leave it alone. I got it. Hey, Corey. Oh, man. We need to replace Ben with him. Yeah, he's he's good. He's good. <laughs> Ben, your two game balls before we let you roll. I think I, uh, I think I talked about it earlier. I think Jalen Carter and Lad McConkey because Lad McConkey he had the yips for a big stretch of the season, and he took over today over seventy yards receiving and over seventy yards rushing, uh, and a pair of touchdowns. And then Jalen Carter was just unblockable. Anytime they had a one on one, he whooped the O lineman. It was just creating so much havoc. I mean, the guy was a D tackle and got a TFL on an end around. I mean, guy's just best player in this upcoming year's draft. So, and he showed it today. There you go. Awesome. All right, Ben. 
As always, my friend, take it easy. I'll see you guys. See you, Ben. Good work. Who's your uh, two guys, Roddy? I don't want to double up, so I will go – give me Kamari Lasseter. Okay. I thought he had quite the games, um, especially against the guy that wants to throw it. They, I thought they, they, they were kind of trying to go his way a few times, and then they're like, well, that's not working out. Hey, look, Taki Smith's in. Let's go after him. <laughs> so, yeah, they did. They did. I mean, first play when Javon Bullard got hurt, you could watch uh, Will Rogers. He watched the entire route of the guy that was going up against uh, Tyke Smith and then went right to him. But I, I would do the same thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what they got. You lose a player, go right go right at the new guy. You know, it doesn't matter if he has fresh legs. Uh, and then give me a big Darnell. God, what's man? Dude, touchdown, his first one, some big catches. He had one that he could have caught. Uh, but then – the uh, touchdown run around the edge when he just absolutely uh, seals the edge for McConkey uh, running one in. I thought that was big. Wait, was it McConkey yeah. that ran in? Yeah, you're right. So, point being, uh, big, big game for him. And I, dude, I had so many Notre Dame people come after me. And I was kind of a, I was tweeting out something else, and I mentioned uh, maybe one of our film reviews or something. I mentioned that, you know, about George's offense defense. I said, look, it was the X's and foes. And it was our guy wrote a story about how we do these, he, uh, Brent does these great play breakdowns. And he, he, he diagrams them out and shows you gifts, and he really break, breaks down a couple of plays. And he's like, look, the straw that stirs the drink, you know, is Stetson Bennett. Because he's got tight ends he can go to. He's got a running game he can fall back on. He's got wide receivers that can do it. And I mean, people can complain about his uh, two interceptions, but Stetson had a hell of a game. He had some amazing throws. He's he's a damn good quarterback. And people don't want to give him credit, but they should. Point being, uh, so I typed, hey, Georgia's got good run game, uh, good uh, passing game, and the nation's two top tight ends. I got lit up by Notre Dame fans. Oh, what about my Meyer? Meyer? And I'm like, well, he's good. He's, he can be number three. <laughs> that was the yeah. wrong response. Yeah. They lost their damn minds. They went crazy. But point being, uh, I think Darnell Washington. I, I'll still, I'll say Darnell's good. He's better than I, the guy at Utah is really good. I don't care. I like him better. Meyer or Mayor or whatever the hell the guy's name at, at uh, Notre Dame. He plays in Notre Dame. Disqualification. You're not playing anybody tough. He played Navy and almost lost. Oh, you beat Clemson. Congratulations. So does everybody else. Point being, give me Darnell Washington because nobody moves like that. He's a damn offensive tackle who moves like a ballerina. Give me that. Give that guy the ball. Keep feeding him. He, he gets my game ball tonight. Uh, we got a little uh, super chat from uh, Corey. Said, thank you guys for having me. Go to us. Corey, you're always welcome on the show. Always. Always. Corey. Always. Who's Corey? Uh, it's laser, dude. My bad. It says Corey. He says, thanks for having me on. Oh, Corey. I got you. Lord, have mercy. I'm just saying, um, yeah, his name's Laser on the thing. Yeah, no, but then he says his name, Corey. Yeah. Um, two game balls for me. Big O, man. Like you said, you, you, you said everything. I, I knew you were going to take him, but uh, the way that he sealed the edge right there on that play was magical. Uh He's like a, having a sixth offensive lineman on the field at all times that can catch the ball. They finally got it to him tonight. I would beg to say that five receptions 
probably uh, his most receptions in a game, I would think. Uh, And so good on him. And then my other ones. They had five receptions to Brock Bowers in like first quarter, maybe maybe into the midway of the second quarter. Because I remember saying to the coach, he's like, how many many is that for him? I'm like, a five. And we're still early in the first half or well in the first half. Why did he disappear in the second half? I don't know. I don't know. My second game ball, since you guys have taken, you know, pretty much everybody else, Kyrus Jackson. Yeah. Kyrus Jackson coming up uh, with four catches for 69 yards. Uh, He didn't get any – he actually had negative yards after the catch, minus one. But uh, sure-handed and good to see him back on the field. Georgia could use him uh, definitely. You know, Georgia's used him in games like that his whole career. It would be nice to see him maybe next week get 60, 65 yards again, get him in a movement, get him in a groove. Uh, so, hey, let, let him return. I know they got Lad back there. Let him return punts. He'll return one to the house at Kentucky. I'll yeah, guarantee I mean, that. I, uh, very, very uh, good game from Kiaris. So, congrats to him on getting his feet back underneath him, getting 69 receiving yards. Uh, but, like I said, both those two guys for me, pretty much uh, defensively. We all said Munden, so I've already given my two game balls, though, so I'm not going to give it there. Munden, Lasser, Jalen Carter. Yeah. And Starks, I mean, Starks had eight tackles, too. Starks, I, I don't, I think we kind of skip over this a lot uh, because he doesn't make a ton of in game mistakes. He's a true freshman, like yeah. out there. And the drop off from having Lewis seen to Malachi Starks is not as big as you would have thought it would have been. I thought it'd be gigantic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, I was panicking, not panicking, but I was at the beginning of the season. I was looking. I'm yeah. like, don't get me wrong, Chris Smith and Dan Jackson are your starting safeties. I'm like, yeah. Well, all I, right. Smart, very yeah. smart, very heady. Yeah, but uh, you're yeah. lacking that punch. There's no punch from those guys. And Malachi, Chris Smith lights out. Chris Smith has moved him. He held. I'm, I'm probably in my column right about him being a, a potential high draft pick. Yeah, yeah. This is a guy who I thought was like you know maybe last year I think okay he's late draft pick you know maybe undrafted free agent. This dude is moving up charts like a rocket. Yeah, making plays everywhere. But uh, you know, back to Malachi though. I mean, just stepping up and and doing what he's doing back there as a true freshman uh, is really something special that we don't talk about a lot because it feels like he's been there a while. I mean, he's got the body type. He's getting tackles everywhere. He's, he's, he's not, we're not looking at every game being like, man, Malachi was out of coverage on that one. I don't, I can't think of one. I mean, I'm sure there are some plays, but I can't think of of my head. Early on and he had, he missed a big one that went for a touchdown uh, a few games ago. Uh, But to your point, He's, I mean, he got two more years of that. And each time that he gets burned or each time he makes a mistake or each time he sees a new – think about it, he's seen Kentucky – I mean, uh, he's seen Tennessee. Yep. So he knows what they do. Now he's faced this MSU attack. You know, he's faced uh, Luther Bird, you know, in Missouri. He's seen some different types of offense, you know. He's, uh, he, you know, seen a running guy. He's seen what Oregon can do. I mean, just throw it into the fire. Learn that. I, I go back to that year that uh, Florida, I think it was like Jalen Rams, they had a couple true freshmen playing corner and safety. 
Yeah. And they got burned for like an entire year. In the next two years, you couldn't throw against Florida to save your life. Those guys were just everywhere. They went off to the NFL and just killed it. You know, I'm like, man, they suffered through that first year. But you got uh, and Javon Bullard year two, Kamari Lasser year two. Those guys are going to be lights out next year, you know, because, I mean, you're going to lose Keeley. You're going to lose Chris Smith. But you got some great guys coming up. So I agree. I agree. And uh, with that, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts, uh, it's not a statement win like you had against uh, Tennessee, but it's a decisive win on the road for a game that in the first half just felt weird. But I thought that 70-yard touchdown in the second, then stopping them on the second half, 70-yard TD, boom, and then you get a stop. That Stopping them on their next drive was big. Then, of course, you score two more times right after that, you know, pretty handily. The game's out of touch. They're, they stick around, but it was a – I felt that it would either be tight or a blowout, and it was both. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a odd game. Everybody that's come on has felt the same way. It, it meant a lot. So, oh, wait, I did not mention who won the ASW uh, beer. So give me your final thoughts, and I will go and let everybody know who won the beer. The uh, uh, Fiddler Bourbon. I need to. Final thoughts for me: three hundred eight total yards for Mississippi State, not a ton. And then they had what forty or fifty on that final drive that meant nothing. So you held (laughs) Mississippi State to close to two hundred fifty yards of real legitimate offense uh, at their place with cowbells going. Uh, This was a game that I think we all had circled on our calendars, especially after Florida and Tennessee. Just how hyped those games were. This could definitely be a trap game. It's cold. It's miserable. It's seven, you know, seven o'clock start, East yeah. Coast time out in Mississippi. Nobody State. wants to be there. Yeah, I mean, it, they didn't want to be nobody, there. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be there. And Kirby was able to get his team up forty-five to nineteen. Get his team up, and uh, you know, just it's one of those games that, like I said, we circle the beginning of the year. Well, you're going to have to come off of Florida and Tennessee, and then you're going to have to go to Mississippi State. Well, they they look good early in the season. Yeah, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. And we know that they have that crazy offense that, you know, can dink and dunk you down the field, which they tried to do. But Georgia had a lot of good open field tackles. So, you know, I think in all honesty, this this game means a lot. And when it goes back to looking at the film, you left out of uh, Starkville 45-19, 26 up. I mean, you, you can't ask for much more. You come back to a Kentucky team that's beating themselves down. You got two weeks to really fine tune everything before LSU, and you know who you're facing in the SEC championship game. That's another final thought here. So you can start prepping for them or have guys on your team like Mike Bobo and Buster Faulkner and all those guys that aren't coaches to start prepping for that. So uh, you know who you're going against. All right. What is the spread going to be? Ooh, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky 330. Um, I'm going to go – give me 22-and-a-half. 22-and-a-half. What was your prediction on this game? Uh, Like (laughs) 23-and-a-half. No, not not the spread. uh, What your score prediction? Yeah. I had like thirty-one to seven, so I had the I had the difference right. I just didn't have the numbers. Well, somebody on our 
staff picked like uh, it was a weird score, like thirty-three. I think it was Blaine. Blaine picked thirty-three to ten. I think. How, how, how do you score thirty-three? I mean, you miss an extra point. Yeah, it was just it's like field goal. You have four touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety. Yeah. It was just it was, one of them was just really odd to me. So I was like, well, who the hell came up with that? So. I'm going 22 and a half. It gets uh, bought up to 23 and a half before the game starts, though. I think it's going to be 27. Damn. You said that last week, and it turned out to be uh, 16 and a half. So (laughs) we got Miss Mary saying, uh, George on tap says 33 and a half. J Rob says 19. Miss Mary says 26. Anthony says, Anthony says 21.5. Dissolve says 25. Damn. Uh, he says, "What y'all spread against LSU? We'll get there. We'll get there. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't want to put a number out yet, um, but I think it's double digits, Roddy. Yeah, I'm thinking you're probably gonna be like twelve. Uh, I was gonna say eleven. Yeah, I think eleven or twelve. Uh, I think that some of those books uh, start putting that game out early. So Ten and a half, like with a hook or something. You know, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some books putting that number out already dissolved. I'm curious. Maybe see it." Next week, uh, let us know if some books have put that out because I think some do like put out an early line on it. You can't bet much on it though. Um, so, guys, we appreciate it so so much. You guys tuning in for us two and a half hours. We still got a ton of you going strong here. It's uh, hey, I got some for them real quick. I'm going to got? what I was screwing around here. I'm gonna put in the uh, here is the drawing for the next bottle of oops. Oh, is that our winner there? Just in case they are a podcast listener and not a uh, YouTube yeah. listener. So our winner of the bottle of Fiddler is John Scott. John Scott, uh, getting cut, getting touch, getting touch with Roddy, and yeah. uh, he'll get you some alcohol. Send me your. Uh, you got to send me your uh, name and address. I mean your address there, so I can get it to you because uh, we have one person who won recently and they did not send it to me. So I'm like, hey. Dude, hit me up so I can get it to you. So. There you go. So, John Scott, you might be in here. You might listen a little later on. But if you're in here right now, you get first dibs at hitting that uh, King Sumo up for the giveaway for that next bottle of free Fiddler bourbon. So, Mean Mug and Mug wants to know, did I win the bourbon? If Mean Mug and Mug, if you are John Scott, then yes, you did. <laughs> yeah if not then you did not enter this time yeah, uh, yeah for asw distillery rogue shop seven six we appreciate all the support from you guys and uh for every one of you that's in here like i did last week uh with this show wouldn't be anything without you guys we love doing this uh this has been just so much fun we'll continue it on to next week where uh georgia will face kentucky and uh hopefully you know next week we can go to sleep a little bit uh before 2 a.m <laughs> But if not, no big deal, right? Who well, Paul will be wrong again next week. Yeah. Tune so. in for the Paul's Always Wrong Show. Yeah, guys. And uh, we appreciate you so much for watching, for riding the bull. See, I'm Paul Meharry. This is the UGA Sports Post Game Overreaction Show. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Hit that like button. See ya.